Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hi, my name is Tyler Fornis, and I am the co-host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hunky here on the Voice Wrestling Podcasting Network. Every week, my co-host Fred Moreland and I discuss all the happenings of all elite wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite, we talk about Rampage, and we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world, and we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. And, and they all die. They all eventually <laughs> die. They, they, they don't understand. You know, they think it's easy. They think it's easy. Uh, the problem is they're just not interesting people, any of them. So, it, you know, they're not telling spreader bar stories. And that, Hell you know, no, they're not. Rich Crage. And you'd start these arguments and be like, ah, that guy's an asshole. Screw him or whatever. And I'm like, well, I got to go see him in like two days. <laughs> like you're out there in Texas all alone, like starting all these fights. I got to meet all these people. I got to be at these shows. I have to do stuff. You're like, ah, whatever. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> Easy for you to say. And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? How are you? How are you? Are you excited to do the flagship today? What kind of questions that? I'm, I'm always at a fever pitch to do the flagship. Uh, how do you feel our recent run of shows has gone? This is a bizarre opening. Um, I think last week's show was was really good, and I think that uh, um, there was one show either two weeks ago or three weeks ago that I, that I thought was was. Um, top of our game i don't know been, I, I think it's been a pretty decent run why these are these are bizarre questions what is the uh what's the meaning behind these questions uh joe why is now the best time to be doing the flagship podcast here on thursday at uh 7 48 p.m central time is this a trick question i'm just doing what i thought the i, I thought this is what i'm supposed to as a wrestling media member i'm supposed to ask you these sort of questions these these are you excited about this show? Why is this show occurring? Um, why are you? Why are tonight? Why are you guys going to do a three-hour Iron Man podcast this week? Well, tell me a little I, bit um, about how, how do you go into preparing to do a show when you know that you have to go three hours, Joe? Well, I'm 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 clearly not as good at filibustering for 
four minutes. <laughs> you really uh, weren't. I thought you were going to fill a little bit more time than that. But. I, I, I didn't know where you were going with any of this. <laughs> now I now I'm picking up what you're laying down. Um, I guess my bigger problem with those types of questions, and Rich is obviously referring to the uh, the the Tony Khan media call today, and I've got a full write up for that on the uh, behind the paywall on the five dollar tier with full analysis, and we've got the full call if you want to listen to it. Um, that's what Rich is referring to. <laughs> by, the way, by the way, don't. It was just the le- it was the least newsworthy media call that uh, that I, that they've ever. I've been on all of them, and it was the least newsworthy one. And it's just, I guess, it's not so much the vapid questions that are the problem uh, this time around. I thought the problem this time around was people repeating the same vapid question over and over again. I'm just not sure if they're paying attention and listening to what the other people are asking. Uh, We we, we really don't need to ask about the Ironman match and only booking eight matches on the show versus the usual 10 or 12 matches when the first person asks that, you don't need to ask. Right, like scratch it off. It's over. <laughs> you know, how many questions are we going to get related to, you know, doing a 60-minute match and, you know, having a lack of time for more than seven other matches on the show and what goes into putting that together? And it's like, we heard you. One person asked that already, you know, and there, and it's almost as if some of these people come into the call with a question in mind and – no backup plan. And they're going to ask that question they've had in mind all week, uh, no matter what, even if the person right before them asked a very similar question. And what really drove me nuts is when Woodcock, the moderator, he does, you know, he peppers in some write-in questions uh, now and then from people who I guess can't be on the call or, or, or whatever. And, um, you know, right after we get a bunch of questions regarding the Ironman match and, eight matches being on the show and this being, you know, you know, the leave time for the Ironman match. After Tony Khan has already talked about this at least twice, Woodcock then reads a write-in question that asks, why was the timing right now for the first 60-minute Ironman match in AEW history? Which, <laughs> right. which, first of all, what kind of question is that to begin with? Like, does this person think Tony Khan's been sitting around for four years thinking, hmm, is now the time to pull the trigger? Sometime I'm going to do this match. The match yeah. that's so revered in my lifetime. Ah, one time. Iron Man match. Yeah. Yes, now is the time. Like, first of all, it's a nonsensical, pointless question to begin with. Don't even bother sending in a question if that's what you're going to send in. Right. It's a match but, specifically booked for the match that it's booked for and for the competitors that it's booked for, which we'll talk about in our preview a little bit. It wasn't that, ah, oh, you know what? Guys, we need to do an Iron Man match. It was all about the person that was challenging the guy that he was challenging, and that's why the time was right to do an Iron. They told you the story was the time is right to do it because that's what Brian Danielson challenged MJF to. It wasn't just a, a stroke of genius one day. He said, "Ah, it's time. <laughs> We've got to do with the Iron Man match." It's so why? What are we doing here, man? Uh, but you know, I also feel like Woodcock has to do a better job as a moderator of not reading that. Yeah, fucking I mean, Woodcock. He, Jim Woodcock. He, He's got to see that question and he has to think to himself, Tony has already talked about this Ironman match extensively, at least two other times. He's talked about the eight match card. He's talked about the length of the pay-per-view. I'm going to ask a different write-in question about a different topic, or I'm just going to go to another one of the people waiting on the line. And I know that there were people waiting on the line because I was waiting on the line and I didn't get called on. And I'm sure I wasn't the only one. 
And this isn't me complaining that I didn't get called on. This is just me saying, you don't have to go to these write-ins that are repeat questions when I'm sure there were other write-ins. And I know for a fact there's other people waiting on the line. So I thought it was poorly handled by Woodcock. And, you know, what's Tony Khan supposed to do? He has to answer the questions that are asked of him. And sure. if people are going to ask and if people are going to ask the same question four or five different ways, because there were four or five different variations of that same question, either involving the Iron Man match or involving the eight match card or involving the length of the card. I didn't realize that was such an interesting topic to begin with, number one. And, and number two, we really don't need to ask the same question four or five different ways. But obviously, Tony Khan is much more skilled at, uh, at giving a three or four minute answer for the same question for, because I totally bombed <laughs> at the start of the show. Yeah. yeah, you were not good. Uh, he is much better at taking a terrible question and using it to plug uh, his uh, upcoming pay-per-view on Sunday for four or five minutes uh, and then stopping and then somebody else asking a terrible question than him doing roughly the same plug for his pay-per-view on Sunday and reminding you that there's a 60-minute Iron Man match and we're going to be AEW Revolution on, on, on fight and on pay-per-view and on Bleacher Report and stuff. So, yeah, you, you, you failed the task, but that's okay. That's fine. That, that's why you're here and, 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 and he's, you know, running a, uh, uh, a wrestling company. So Now, look, I understand that Woodcock works for the Jaguars, I believe, so he's not a pro wrestling guy. But surely you could recognize that it's the same fucking question packaged <laughs> in another way. You know, I, I you know, but um, so so this media call and we do a, we spend a lot of time on this show complaining about press conferences, media calls, media scrums. Um, we're like the lead cheerleaders in the complaint department for for these things. But this one was bad in a different way than some of the other ones are. You know, the, recently the WWE ones have been. Like I said last week, the clapping seals, the people all too happy to participate in the show, uh, all too happy to kiss Paul Levesque's ass. That wasn't this. The problem with this media call was repetitive questions and just boring and dull questions. That was the problem. And this was the first media call in a long time that didn't have an obvious headline coming out of it. I mean, just look around at the no, the headline would be Tony Khan excited about revolution this weekend. <laughs> you know, yeah, Tony Khan I mean, nothing else came of it. Iron Man match this weekend on AEW revolution, which is like, all right, great. Yeah. And I mean, Brandon Thurston tried. He was first up and he immediately asked about the television contract. And Tony just said he won't answer it for legal reasons or, or whatever. And then he gave Brandon another crack at it and let him ask a second question. And Brandon was prepared and he had a second question ready and he asked them about whether the house shows could be viable. And, you know, that was one of the more interesting answers of, of the entire uh, call. But then it was all downhill from there. I mean, there were a couple other decent questions, but um, yeah, overall it was, it was the least interesting media call that that Khan has ever done that I think AEW has ever done. And it was really just a bunch of boring and dull questions and people repeating questions that that I can't understand you've got to have at least two or three questions ready and if somebody asks your number one you got to go with your number two you know I've been in situations on those calls where I've had two or three questions ready and they all get asked and then I just I, I step out of the queue because at that point I'm like all right well I, you know everything I wanted to ask got asked already uh you know I'm just taking up somebody else's time I'm not going to ask something mindless I'm not going to say, hey, Tony, what's it like to come to San Francisco? Which, by the way, somebody asked today. <laughs> no, it was, no, Joe, it was even worse than that. It was, why San Francisco? 
Why did yeah. you choose to have the event in San Francisco? I and, and and Tony, you know, was a little bit lost for words. He's like, well, you know, it's a, it's a major media market, and you know, they have a brand new facility. Um, <laughs> like, it's, what else do you want? Like, why yeah, come to San Francisco? I, I don't know. It's a major media market, the twentieth most populated, or in the top twenty most populated cities in America, and it has a giant new basketball arena that I could run my show in. I what? <laughs> why I mean, if if. If if you want if you had any guts and you wanted to ask a good question concerning San Francisco, you could have said, "Hey Tony, why haven't you drawn very well this week in San Francisco?" That would have been a better question. Right. You only got five thousand in the Cow Palace, and there are still many tickets available for the Chase Center on Sunday. Why do you think that's the case? Right. I mean, that would have been a better question than why did you choose San Francisco? <laughs> why did you choose San Francisco? I, yeah. But but on these AEW media calls, we and and the WWE ones too, for that matter, the, the press conferences. We always have to get some dope who has to ask a location question. <laughs> I mean, they, the locations. When are you going to run here? <laughs> Why are you running here? When are you coming back to blank? You know, A, are you ever going to come to Winnipeg? You know, oh, yeah, Winnipeg. We'd love to come to Winnipeg. It's like the well, same answer every time. One, one thing I've noticed with, with Triple H is um, now that he's done a few of these is when, when he comes on and he gives like his little opening statement. One of his like ticks, I don't know if it's a tick or, or rather one of his um, go to opening comments, no matter when he does one of these things is, and, you know, I have to say uh, Montreal is second to none in terms of whatever city they're in. It's second <laughs> right. to none. Yes. And then he, he'll throw some platitudes about the city and their wrestling yeah. history or whatever. Yeah, Pat, Pat Patterson and yeah. Yeah, the yeah. legacy in this in it's, the city. And we added to that tonight here with uh, Elimination Chamber. <laughs> Car, you know, Cardiff is really second to none. When it, <laughs> right. it doesn't matter where Cardiff. they are. It's it, 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 it whatever city they're in is second. To, you know, they really are just second to none in uh, accommodating us and uh, the great crowds and just second to none. You know, you, every city can't be second to none. <laughs> well, they're all tied you know? for second. They're it's, all tied for second. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you or know, that's one first, of his. I should say, sorry. And I'm kind of glad he does that because it kind of nips the location right. question so, people hey, in the butt. Why are you, you in know? Montreal? <laughs> How'd it feel to be in Montreal? I mean, what do they want him to say? Well, you know, uh, you know, my hotel had roaches. And, <laughs> right, uh, not a big I, fan. Uh, my Uber, Uber driver smoked meat yeah. place. Everybody told me about it. wasn't that good. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> my, my Uber driver wouldn't let me use the aux cord. You know, I was just a. <laughs> You know, like, well, what do you think he's going to say? They're just going to put your stupid city over, you know, whether whether they really like your city. And let's be honest, how much of the city do you think he's seeing? The guy's flying in the, the day <laughs> right, of the show. Exactly, yeah. He's going to he's running the show and then it's, uh, you know, it's off the raw. OK, so he doesn't care about your dopey city. It's second to none. And that's all you need to know. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, well, but I, I, uh, every time they ask, like, because a lot of times, like, I've seen like shoot interviews or whatever, and they'll ask wrestlers about cities, and they're like, dude, we, I know nothing about that. We get off the plane, I find a gym, maybe, you know what I mean? I, I'll, yeah. I, if, if I got time, I'll try to find a gym, I'll work out, and then I'll go to the arena, and then I'll sit in the back of the arena for five hours. Yeah. And then I get back and do a hotel, or I get on a plane to go to the next town, or I get in a car to go to the next town. You don't know anything yeah, about, I mean, you know, <laughs> you're not in. You're not in San Francisco for more time. I mean, the, the AEW might have a chance to do because they're here, obviously, for Dynamite, and then they're going to be there right, for a right, couple. But like, right. yeah, most like you know, most times, and, and especially WWE, yeah, they're, they're in Cardiff for 24 hours, and and if that 12 hours, you know, and and they go to the show, they hang out backstage, and they leave. They they don't sightsee. They don't have time to go. All right, let's see what the museums look like in this town. Like, it's, they really just know the crowds, and listen, yeah. every crowd is second to none. Oh, so, I mean, yeah. yeah. You know, they're all second to none. Um, no, but yeah, you always get the location question. And it's so deflating. Like on today's call, 
you know, Woodcock's like, all right, we got time for one more. Let's go to whoever the fuck from wherever the fuck. And the guy's like, I think it was someone from a radio station or something. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, Tony, uh, I'm just wondering, uh, what made you choose San Francisco? And it's, it's like, like oh. oh, that's the last question. Right. It's like not one person asked about Kenny Omega. We didn't get one person asking the requisite CM Punk question that doesn't get answered. You know, we didn't get anybody asking if, 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 if uh, you know, Tony and Shad have considered a WWE purchase with that on the market, that would have been interesting. No one even asked about Ariel Hawani. And I, you know, I guess that topic might be a little long in the tooth. Well, you know, week and a half, two week old topic. Let's have some fun. Come it, on. Let's have some fun here. You know, it, it's like, why San Francisco? What do you think he's going to say? <laughs> Tony, are you excited special. for the women's triple threat match? Yes. Yes, I am. Oh my God! You're not Amy Nemedy. That Amy <laughs> no, Nemedy. We don't have to get into it, but like it's just no. We do need to get into it. She gets <laughs> she gets called upon on every call. How does she get called upon on every call? The best luck. You know how you're very good at guessing things correctly. She's very good at getting called on. I'm sure. very good on not getting called on. You're very, and, you're great at that. You're as good as you are at guessing uh, scoops and getting them right. You are also incredibly good at not getting called on. She gets called on every time, and her question is always the listen. Here's the Amy Amy Nemedy question template. You can put you can you can slide. It's like a Mad Lib that you can slide into any one of these Tony Khan media calls. It's hey Tony, uh, the pay per view looks great. Then she mentions the women's titles match and whatever that match is. She goes, "We have a great women's title match coming up, and I just want you to talk about how great." And then insert the two competitors, and then she says how great that they've been. And uh, could you just tell us how excited you are about insert women's title match here? And then Tony Khan then waste everybody's time as Tony Khan spends six minutes talking up. Both women, in this case, all three women <laughs> involved in whatever, time, yeah, yeah, and, and whatever the women's title matches. It's the same question every time, and it's not even a question. It's not even a question. It's talk about the two people in the title match. Who? Why? Who's that for? Who? Like, even her? Does Wrestle Joy even exist? How's she even on these calls anymore? <laughs> does that? Does that? Does that platform even exist? Do they sure. publish I'll be, things? I'll be honest, I'm not sure anymore. So, I know you're tugging your collar because like you met her and she was nice to you. And I, I'm not saying she's not a nice lady. I'm saying she asks, she wastes everybody's time with these questions. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And, and, and I doubt even the people that she's writing for or whatever she thought, what does she even do? Whatever she does, do they really need to hear Tony Khan speak for six minutes about, you know, uh, fucking Soraya and, and uh, how great she's been. And he's not going to say anything bad about anybody. Just ask a real question or just don't ask a fucking question. You don't have to ask one. You can just listen. There's an Amy Nemedy burial for you. <laughs> there you go. So that was uh, that was AW Media Call. As we said, uh, flagshippatreon.com. We have the uh, replay of the call. Don't listen to it. Uh, and your analysis about the call, which I think is probably the better uh, thing to do, is, is read that and go, okay, I'll move on with my life. But we'll get to AW uh, Revolution here in a little bit. We'll preview that entire show. Uh, talk about everything that's going on for that one. We'll also uh, uh, get you ready for our instant reaction live this week. And we're doing it right. I forgot to ask you, but you're around Sunday. What else you got going on Sunday night, right? 
Of course, we're going to do the instant reaction. All right. We didn't even ask each other. We, at this point, AEW pay-per-views are, are uh, not even an ask anymore. It's a, it's a must. So, yeah, we will be there live Sunday immediately following the show uh, at flagshippatreon.com. So we'll preview all that show, talk about all the stories, talk about all the matches, all the details, all that sort of stuff. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, we have New Japan CML Fantastica Mania, an amazing tour. I loved, loved, loved everything I saw uh, from Fantastica Mania uh, over the last week. So we're going to touch on that, talk about it, reviews. The, some of the matches that we saw, touch on the, the, our favorite matches, uh, moments, different things like that from Fantastica Mania. We are actually going to do it this time, I promise. It is not the Starcade 1991 uh, of, of 2023, but we are going to preview the New Japan Cup. We try, We got it in way early. I was like, ah, Joe. It's not for five weeks, but we got time to preview the New Japan Cup. And then we pushed it off, and we pushed it off, and we said, ah, we'll do it this week. We'll do it this week. Well, now we have no time. It's coming up this week uh, in a couple of days, so we are going to have to preview the New Japan Cup. We will do that uh, today as well. Uh, New Japan uh, and Jay White. Jay White might be no more. We have an exclusive scoop from the Super Jcast uh, here on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network uh, about Jay White and his contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling and what could possibly be next. Uh, for Jay White, so we'll talk about that. Uh, Daisuke Harada is retiring. We'll get into a little bit of details about that, talk about his career uh, as well. Then we'll review Impact Wrestling's No Surrender show, main evented by Josh Alexander and Rich Swan. And then, oh boy, they're at it again. MLW, they've done it again. What is it? We'll find out uh, a little bit as we explain to you what it is and try to decide Who's lying? Who's telling the truth? What's going on here? Always, always, The world of MLW truly never does stop, Joe. Uh, and then if we have time, we'll cover the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards uh, as well. So that's obviously uh, the 2022 awards. It's March, so I'm not super excited about covering like 2022 uh, awards. But that's what this show, the foundation of this very show is based upon, was you and I reviewing the New Japan uh, or the, the uh, Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards all those many years ago. So I guess we probably should uh, touch on it a little bit. But that's uh, that we'll put towards the end of the show. Hopefully we'll have time. Uh, for that, before we get to any of that, though, so which uh, which show opening did you use this week? Did you use the one where I talk shit and then you have to face people? Yes, exactly. So it's all right. So yeah. the next time you see Amy Nemedy, is she gonna pull like a switchblade on you and be like, "You motherfuckers"? She you, might. You. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, uh, I just used some spicy language. Unfortunately, uh, I, I got a run in here from the girl. So uh, I, I don't you don't say that word. I said that's a bad word, right? The one yeah. I just said. Yeah. Yeah, you don't say that word. All right, now listen. She's handing me a drawing here. This is a mermaid. Yeah. Mermaid. Okay. Okay. What did this is a very good drawing of a mermaid. Did you do this all by yourself? You did? Yeah. It's very nice. Did you take your bath? Okay. Are you going to bed now? Yeah. Okay. What are you going to do with this? Put it on a refrigerator? Mommy's going to keep it forever. Mommy's going to keep it forever? Okay. I think it's really good. It is really good. Yeah, I mean, I'm impressed by this. Yeah. yeah I'm you need... going to keep it forever. Yeah. That's not bad for, for, a seven-year-old, I will say that. Okay, all right. Well, thank you. Good night, Daddy. Good night. All right. So that had to be addressed. Otherwise, just stand <laughs> of course. There. Well, yeah, I got to keep it forever now. Jeez, she's gonna remember that yes. thing. So you better keep that forever. She's gonna, uh, it'll, it's going to be kept forever, as, be as noted. Twenty-seven, but, um, and say, "Mom, where's that mermaid picture?" You guys better know where it is. <laughs> She was going to stand there and stare at me with sad eyes until I addressed it. So it was been addressed. And uh, there we go. So I did enjoy the economy of words that she had there. Just, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, she she uh, she sees the microphone and she gets nervous. See, that's what. Oh, uh, OK. OK. She she knows what's going on here. And, and she's, uh, you know, so well, the boy, the boy's a natural, right? He, he, he wants to get a shit over. He wants to get a shit in. He's he's Brian Cage he's, out there. 
he's a fucking clown. Yeah, he'll, he'll <laughs> right. he's trying to get if, his shit in. Yeah, he's already in bed, but like if he'd be doing bits, you know, he'd be down here having prepared bits and uh, trying to get himself over. But uh, yeah, she's a little more shy. But uh, there it is. Now it's on the fridge. I can see it. And uh, now, as noted, it must be kept forever. Uh, so anyway, you may continue with the uh, with the show. Well, I was going to say, uh, well, uh, before we get to any of that stuff that we were going to touch on later in the show, uh, Ring of Honor debuted today. The brand new re-debut, the new Tony Khan-led Ring of Honor uh, had their TV tapings uh, last week. Uh, and the first show aired this week. And uh, I watched a little bit. I know you watched a little bit as well. Uh, just quick pithy thoughts about it because we didn't neither of us i think saw the entire show because obviously we were doing this show in the in the last half hour uh we go head to head which i I appreciate tony you know he had to do thursdays i get it it's fine not going fully head to head though starting you know uh, an hour and a half before we go live i i I do appreciate that but uh yeah no i thought it was a a a decent show it looks fun and and i'm definitely going to be you know watching as much as i can moving forward I, i i think it's a solid uh uh, it looks like it'll be fun. It looks like it's going to have a lot of good wrestling. I like the look and the feel of it. Uh, obviously, I have Ian Riccoboni on, on commentary with Caprice Coleman. They're one of the best in the biz. So uh, that definitely helps. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm probably going to check in as much as I can. I, I can't guarantee I'm going to watch every single week. But uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be at least worth something, which which we kind of all assumed. We didn't think it was going to be an absolute bomb or whatever. But uh seems seems fun. I've got some concerns um, after watching the first one. It did come across a little bit like AEW dark red and black to me. Um, obviously, it's in the same building. Um, my biggest concern, though, is I, I would I, I would like to see at some point down the line uh, a clear line drawn between the AEW and ROH rosters and distinctive rosters for each of the promotions. Um, now, look, I know at first maybe you can't do that because, you know, how often is ROH going to run at this point? Maybe tape twice a month and maybe every now and then have a pay-per-view. So at most you're going to have two or three dates a month, which to be fair, isn't all that much less than, you know, the four or five dates a month. Uh, maybe maybe six if you're running a live rampage now and then that AEW is running. But um, so so I get that, you know, this is just the start of this thing and maybe you can't you know, just have firm, uh, you know, a, a set ROH roster of people who don't work AEW shows anymore. But um, while there's co-mingling between the two rosters, it's just not going to feel like its own genuine promotion until that happens. And uh, the other thing is, you know, if if you're serious about ROH as it's as a true as a, as a, as its own true entity and to build it as a second promotion, it's going to need stars and it's going to need full-time stars. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I liked what I saw tonight. It was, it was, it was a good show. Um, I wasn't blown away by it. Um, I don't know if it's going to be appointment viewing. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I may actually be a little let down by it. I, I, now look, I get that, they probably don't have the confidence that they can draw, uh, you know, around the country in a mid-sized building yet to do a taping. So they're going to do this Orlando thing for a while until they feel like they can bring it on the road and, and maybe try it in some of the old ROH haunts like Philadelphia or Baltimore or, you know, any of the other cities on the, on the, you know, East coast. But uh, until then, I don't know. It's, 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 it's going to feel like more of a spin-off brand than a true promotion. And 
I don't know if they're ever going to be able to kick that feeling. And yeah, th- I think that's going to be tough. I think they're going to struggle with that from from. Well, in order to do that, you have to have your own roster. You, you have to. You can't have Claudio Castagnoli bouncing back and forth. You can't have, um, you know, I could go. Yeah, I go right down the line. I think a different yeah. interview uh, a person as well. And that's, that's yes. nothing against, I think uh, Lexi Nair or whatever did, did fine. But like, again, she's on AEW dynamite all the time. It's, it's just, you know, it, it, it she's on AEW programming all the time. I would like a different person. They did, they did it with the, the commentary. They did it with Ian and, and, and Caprice. And I, I love that. And you know, the ropes look different. The, the aesthetics looked different enough. And I know it's obviously like, it's in the same building as dark. So you're going to have a lot of that similar, like look and feel. I don't know that they can. Yeah. Like you said, I, I don't know that they can combat that right now, but you can combat that by making the on-screen product look a little different feel a little bit different and and yeah i think you know having a different backstage person having you know a different roster distinct roster is going to help that i mean i i I like the show but i also liked the first couple episodes of dark that i watched and then eventually dark just kind of became a thing where i was like ah you know if i got nothing going on and and i want something in the background i'll turn on dark and and i don't want ring of honor television to become that and i don't think it's going to be that for me right away but i do see how that could potentially happen where you know you're just watching you know aw guys have good matches and it's like all right well you know i can watch that on time i need, I need a little bit more juice there or at least a dis, a, a different look and feel because i'm already getting AEW guys doing good matches on on, on a number of hours uh, of uh, uh, every single week already so two distinct separate rosters is going to be vital if these things if it's truly going to feel like its own promotion and look tony khan has been telling us that it is its own promotion and it's going to be its own promotion well okay you're the one telling us that but now you have to make that make that happen and you have to make it feel like its own promotion and right now it really doesn't right now it feels like um you know a little spin-off sister promotion all under the same umbrella which in reality that's what it is but if you're telling me it's two different companies then make them two different companies um you know and and the and the, the easiest way to do that is to have two distinct uh, a separate uh, set of rosters that's the only way to do that so um i can't fully invest in roh until as its own entity until there's two separate rosters that's me that doesn't mean i won't watch it that doesn't mean that i won't enjoy it i thought the three pay-per-views last year were spectacular i thought they were phenomenal i mean um and those did feel like their own thing those roh pay-per-views last year did not feel like aew pay-per-views they felt like i was watching a different promotion and if you want to bring in big AEW stars for the pay-per-views because you feel like you need them to help draw, I get it. I get it. Um, you know that that's something that uh, that that I understand from a business from a business standpoint. You know, you have to do those sorts of things. And I think it's going to be interesting to see if they could sell these these pay-per-views for SuperCard of Honor without any integration into AEW TV. I don't know how they're going to do that. I don't know how they think they're going to sell pay-per-views off of Honor Club. And you know, they'll see the subscription data and maybe there's more subscribers than I think, uh, especially out of the gate. But, um, you know, and, and maybe they have better information than we do. But I, I think it's going to be a hard sell to sell a pay-per-view without any television. And Tony Khan was talking today on the media call on the uh, whatever the uh, yeah the media call about how, you know, they have really haven't had any ROH integration on the TV since Final Battle. And he plans to keep it that way. Well, how are you going to sell the pay-per-views then off of a streaming show? I don't know. You know, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, it's gonna be real, real tough. And even if those subscriber numbers do come in pretty hot for 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 this episode, like we said, it's it, it doesn't look like a show that's gonna really drive like a ton of business. Like I, I, I you know, yes, I saw a lot of people talking about it and, and and watching it. But you know, come four or five weeks from now, 
is it really going to be that hot? Is are a ton of people going to be talking about this? I don't know. I, I don't know, but it's really hard. It's really, really hard to do that with a streaming thing. And it's really hard to, to get people to the streaming thing as well. Because again, like you said, they're not, if they're not, if they're truly saying we're not going to push this on AEW television, then you got to be really, really good at social media marketing. You got to be really good at other forms of marketing. Uh, because if you're not going to, you know, advertise it on your weekly show all the time, like that, that's going to be a problem. So yeah, it, it's one of these things where I know people are like, Oh, what's ridiculous. Why is this ROH on my AEW? And it's like, I get it. I understand why people were annoyed about it and upset about it, but you know, and and they've kind of you know rectified that by saying, "All right, we're not going to talk about Ring of Honor anymore on AEW television." But by doing that, like you're, you're really at this weird point where what what is Ring of Honor? You know, how, how are more people going to? Because you have your, your your base audience here. You have your fans of, of of Ring of Honor. You have your AEW fans that that are going to go check it out. But like, how are you going to get any? How are new people going to watch this show? Like, how are they going to discover it? How are they going to find it? And then, like you said, moreover, how the hell are you going to sell pay per views for this as well? That, that's going to be pretty tricky. But uh, we'll see what obviously happens with Ring of Honor uh, moving forward with that. But that was obviously their first week. So we'll see what ends up happening with the uh, future weeks of Ring of Honor television. Available on watchroh.com, by the way, if you want to watch that. So uh, I, I this is my first time, you know, I, well, obviously for all of us watching, you know, AEW, uh, AEW's produced slash Tony Khan's whatever uh, uh, Ring of Honor show. And it was on Watch ROH, and I don't know about your audio, or your video quality, but mine was just okay. It wasn't like spectacular. It was kind of muddy and, and a little fuzzy, but that's just kind of all wrestling on streaming these days. Like nothing really looks good except for Wrestle Universe is like the only one that that ever looks really good. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I thought it was okay. The production looked fine, but uh, it's it, it's it's a big ask to have you know people you know sit down and 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 get to watch ROH.com every you know. Thursday at, at, at 6 p.m. or whatever. It sounds like it'll work. It sounds like it's not that hard, but it is. Like a lot of people just want to have something integrated with their TVs, or if they're not watching on cable, they want to have it on YouTube because they, you know, their their YouTube is attached to every part of their body and every part. You know, it's a little tricky. You're saying, hey, go to watchroh.com every Thursday at you know 7 p.m. Eastern. It's just it's a little weird. So we'll see. Uh, you know, what ends up happening with that. But well, I mean, this is just the start. I, Obviously, this is not what they intend to be the final destination. They hope it ends up on TV in some form, in some way. Um, you know, this was the this was the fallback option. We talked about it at the time, and and again, this is just the start. I, you know, I'm sure they hope to get out of Orlando too. I mean, that's not. I don't think that's optimal. I, I think they really need to take it to some different buildings. But there's probably not the confidence yet that they can that they can draw with it. So. Um, no, give it time, and and I'm rooting for it. I really want it to become its own thing, and I I want a second American wrestling promotion that I can sink my teeth into. Um, WWE is not that for me. Uh, the NWA stinks. Uh, MLW, we'll talk about them later. You know that's that's a sideshow at this point. Uh, Impact is what it is. It doesn't excite me. We'll talk about that later too when we break down their pay per view. So it would be very nice if ROH can can really uh, blossom here and become something because those pay-per-views last year were a very encouraging sign. Th- those pay-per-views were great. So, and I'm sure Supercard of Honor will be great. Um, so I don't know, I guess uh, we, we, we keep one eye on it. Yep. Um, you know, it, it's, it's like you're saying, how long are people going to stick with a streaming show that, oh, by the way, you know, they're paying $10 a month for and, the show tonight was pretty good. I mean, there were some good matches. The the Mark Briscoe J Slim uh, Slim J match was that that opener was very good. The Takeshita match was very good. 
the Castagnoli AR Fox main event, I was kind of half watching because we had already started the show, but that looked like it was a pretty decent match. But honestly, the match quality and the star power isn't that much more than a typical dark elevation, you know, or, you know, or a dark. So are people going to keep paying $10 for that? I don't know the answer to that. I, I you know, I, I would tend to think they're going to start big, lose some subscribers along the way. And then when they reach their settle point, you know, they can see where they're at. Um, I can't say I wasn't a little disappointed at the, at the level of star power tapings. Um, you know, like I said, it's a it falls somewhere between, you know, a typical AEW YouTube show and maybe a rampage or something. You know, it, that's and, yeah, that, that's probably a good comp for it. It, it. It's better than dark and dark elevation, and it's it might be slightly. It might be in terms of star rampaging. power. Is yeah, what I yeah, mean. star power yeah. wise. Yeah, it, it's. Yeah. Ramp, yeah. Some rampages are about equal to this. Uh, some are a little higher, but yeah, it, it's right in between that. Like nobody that came out was an absolute, you know, Jay Brown or whatever. You know what I mean? Like everybody that came out was was somebody that. Well, well, there, I mean, there was that with well, the LS the, that one. There was a, the six man that was kind of tricky. Ren- but. You have renegade twins who are oh, jobbers on dark. Oh, yeah, but they're, they're, we're talking star power here. Right, I like right, them right. too, but you know, these are the kind of people you can see on YouTube. You know, and and Sean Dean and the Renegade Twins, and you know, you're you're referring to LSG. Yeah, it, this is, a, you know, and, and look, the show, the, the matches were good. Just like a lot of times, you know, people complain about Rampage, and Rampage is is good almost every week. You know, I, I thought Rampage was the second best television show in all of wrestling last year behind Dynamite. But just if we're just talking star power, I mean. These tapings didn't blow me away from that standpoint. And again, I understand you can't yank people off of AEW and off of TV and put them on this on this sort of whatever this is at this point that's you know running a streaming show behind a paywall. You can't do it. So I understand. It is what it is right now. Yep. Yep. Uh, you just gotta live with it for right now. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll obviously keep one eye on uh, on Ring of Honor moving forward. But uh, debut this week, so we'll see. I, mean, I, I don't know if we're going to get any numbers or anything like that. There's no real reason to get numbers or give numbers or release numbers. Unless they're really good, and then maybe they'll say something. But uh, I don't think they're going to put numbers out. I don't out. think so either, because I'm guessing yeah. they're not brag-worthy numbers at all. I, and even if they were, I mean, it's like um, it, Tony Khan's new thing is, you know, the succession quote. How does this suit my interests? How does how does putting out the numbers suit his interests, right? Yeah. I mean, what what does he gain by that? You know, it's uh, it's the same reason we keep a lot of our numbers, me and you, like with d- between us and proprietary and all those things. How does it suit our interests to share certain numbers with the public or anybody else? It, it it doesn't. So no, I don't I don't think we'll we'll see those numbers. I mean, it's possible, I guess, if they're if if they feel like they're good, they'll leak them to a journalist of choice or something and they'll get out there somehow, but, um, get at us by the way, TK, we're open. DMs open. So yeah, I don't think he's getting at us, but, uh, <laughs> but they're open. They're open. If you yeah. want, <laughs> sure. They've been open for months. Rich. They've, been, they've been open for um, a while, but they were, yeah. I'm just reiterating. They remain open. Yes. Sure. Hold your breath on that. <laughs> of course. I will, um, I will hold my breath. I might pass out before the end of the show, but, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that was the ROH debut, which was going on. It's over now. Yep. But uh, as we were, and it looks like it's two hours. So it, it ran a little. It was from. Uh, it was a two hours and five minutes. It, the runtime was uh, 
uh, 6 Central to 8.05 Central, so 7 Eastern to 9.05 Eastern. And what's interesting is Tony Khan said he would never run head-to-head with the NFL. Uh, You know, the show technically will start before Thursday night football when football comes back around, but if they keep running two hours, he's going to go head-to-head with the NFL. I don't know if he thinks that counts because it's, uh, you know, his little streaming show on his little little sub-brand here, but, um, you know – you know, we'll have to see how that plays out as well. Look, we're on that real estate. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about MLW. Oh, there's no day. There's, there's not there's no days to run. There's not a day of the week where there isn't wrestling during prime time through the entire win- look. Raw runs three hours on Mondays, the entire prime time window eight to eleven. Then on Tuesdays, um, what do we have on Tuesdays? NXT. We have NXT and MLW. Right. So Wednesday is dynamite from for two hours. Then Thursday is impact and new Japan. And then Friday is SmackDown and rampage. There's like one available primetime hour during the week where there's no pro wrestling. Right. And now Thursday has ROHs as well. So um, if you want to count that, but you know, just even on TV, I mean, all of prime time is covered at this point now that MLW is on, you know, Tuesday nights after NXT. So, you know, you can't really be picky or choosy at this point anymore if you can get some prime time television somewhere because it's just, you know, all the real estate's taken. So uh, let's get to a revolution here uh, now coming up. Obviously, this Sunday, we will be live immediately following the show on flagship patreon.com patreon.com slash voices of wrestling voice wrestling.com slash Patreon. However you want to get there, uh, I can do it. It'll be on the $10 tier instant reaction live. It is always uh, among our most popular things of the month, our most popular thing that we do every quarter. The chat room is always going crazy. It's a, it's a great time. So if you're if you're not subscribed, uh, if you want to just I'm telling you, if, if, if you have any sort of interest in doing it, it's well worth it. And we're also now, we have the new pricing uh, structure on, on Patreon, so everything's a lot easier to do at $5 tier, uh, $10 tier. You get charged when you subscribe. It's not one of those once a month things, even though this is fine. Like This this is one of those months where we would have to clarify that like it's okay. Like You're going to get a whole month of content usually, uh, but you don't have to worry about that anymore. You subscribe on the 5th, you're going to get content all the way through the fifth but obviously as we always like to say subscribe early then you don't have to worry about scrambling last minute to try to get on there a lot of people do it we see the emails come in a lot of people immediately after revolution go ah shit i want to hear those guys talk about it and we get a ton of subs come in hey you can just do it now you just do it now if you want to wait you can wait whatever you want to do that's fine uh but flagshippatreon.com immediately following uh the show on sunday and that will be a a a, a what should be a really fun uh an eventful show and let's just kind of start off uh, at the top, which, Joe, I don't know if you know this, but there's a 60-minute Iron Man match for the AEW World Championship going on at Revolution. Uh, it was alluded to a couple times during the call. Uh, but no, seriously, a 60-minute Iron Man match, AEW World title, MJF defending the title against Brian Danielson. So what did you? Th- what have you thought of this story, the build? I know this has been a weird one where I feel like a lot of people are not understanding what the story is. Like They think they understand the story, but they don't don't and i feel like it's not that hard to understand the story but you do get a lot of people i think that are either confused or willfully ignorant about it or whatever but we'll, we'll get into a little bit more details uh, about that in a sec but what 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 have you thought of the build and, and and the story so far with mjf and brian danielson i like it i've been into it from day one i talk about it every week on the on the dynamite review behind the paywall um it, it has grabbed me and i've enjoyed it and i thought 
I thought Danielson's promo last night was fantastic. And it, you know, now we're hearing that it may have been a product of the show running long and running out of time. Great. It rolled more of that then. But it's like the choice to not have MJF speak at all on the go home promo and have Danielson cut him off and then do all the talking with that passionate promo. I thought it ended up really working. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. If they, if they, if people find like I was to people have like a negative thought about that, like they didn't like that MJF talk. Yeah. The idea, oh. a lot of what I'm seeing is the go home angle wasn't long enough that they didn't get enough time and that only Danielson had a chance to speak. And look, We've we've heard them go back and forth. Yeah, and, I'm heard, not, and, and MJF has had more time than anybody to talk, and that was what Daniel, that was the whole point of Danielson was saying. No, you know what? Shut the fuck up. I'm gonna talk now. You know what? You've talked enough. It's my turn to talk. And he didn't give him a second to talk. You know what I mean? And that that's what I liked about it. Danielson was just like, I'm gonna lay it all out here, and I'm not gonna give you a second to have a rebuttal or even have a chance to talk because I'm gonna lay it all out on the line, and I'm gonna have you shook when I'm done talking. That's exactly what he did. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I, I think if. If if that was, I would have designed it this way. Honestly, I, I thought it was perfectly designed, and it may have been. These are all. This is all just speculation. But if that was a result of running short on time, that was a happy accident, and I thought it worked out to their benefit. And it made, and it probably worked. It worked it w- worked out better than the segment would have if it went off as intended, because, like you just said, Danielson telling him, "No, Max, shut up. Okay, I'm going to talk now." We've heard you come out here every week and, and tell everybody why you hate me. I'm going to tell you why you hate me. And then he runs off all these reasons, all of Max's insecurities. You hate me because people call me the best wrestler in the world, even though you hold that title. You hate me because I have a family that loves me and a wife and my and your fiance left you. Uh, you hate me because you want to be me, you know, after he went down all of these reasons. And uh, then he talked about all the things, you know, I overcame poverty. I overcame head injuries. I overcame uh, the authority, he even threw that in, which I thought was a nice touch, you know, and, and, uh, and he got the crowd all fired up and look, I, I, I thought it was great. And, and I thought MJF played it so well with his facial expressions. He kind of had this look on his face, like, Oh shit, maybe I really have gotten myself into something that I can't get my way right, out of right. with this guy. I, I've really triggered this guy to a point where, uh Oh, I'm in trouble on Sunday. <laughs> I, I've, I've truly bitten off more than I can yes, chew. was yes. kind of that great expression he, that he, he had, had on his face. Say. He had no rebuttal uh, rebuttals because Danielson put it all out there. Like you said, yeah. Danielson said, call them this out. Is why yeah. you hate me. I'm call I, everything that you're going to say. I'm going to say on my own, I'm going to say it about myself. So you don't even, you're not going to even have a fucking chance to say anything about it. So yeah. And then like, you know, you're, like jealous hit, of, it, you're jealous of my wife. You're jealous right. of my daughter. Your fiance left you. You talk about banging rats and all this stuff and it's all bravado and you know, it's bullshit. And you know, it's all, it's stuff that we've been banging about for, for, for years, for years with MJF where people don't get the character. I, I people yeah. think they get the character, but they don't get the character. The guy is insecure. The guy is not what he pretends to be the guy is not what he thinks he is and and i don't even think he thinks he is so you know what like that's not even the right phrasing he knows he's not it but he always he's good at manipulating people around him he's good at financially obligating people to to do his bidding for him because he knows deep down that he is insecure that he is not as good as he 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 portrays he is not uh, you know and he does the oh i'm so smart and i got you all you know on on a string or whatever and people buy into that oh he's got everybody on a string that's not what the character is though the character is i don't have everybody i i I'm, hey, he's I'm, your classic bully who projects is yes, what you're trying to say. Yes, yes. And, he's just he's and, he's not what he thinks he, he, 
he's not what he portrays, you know, and 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 he yeah. knows it, and he knows that deep down he knows it, yeah, yeah, and deep down he knows it. When people call him out on it, it gets him deep, down, like the punk angle it's was him all at about the that. core, yeah, Where yeah, and it's like you, I yep. know you, I I can see right through you, buddy, and that drove. MJF up a fucking wall and that's when you got the most personal MJF saying you know what yeah you do know me because you used to be my hero and then you ruined it like that was MJF letting go of the bravado and just being the and, and the same thing with Regal they, the, the Regal saying like yeah you know yeah. I don't think you're really what you, you say and MJF saying you know what yeah you know what you you ruined my life by telling me I wasn't going to be I wasn't good enough yet all sort of stuff that's when he kind of breaks down that character and, and breaks down all the the bravado and the and the fancy suits and all that sort of stuff and, and gets into the it false yeah. bravado the false bravado the false bravado yeah, yeah. And, it, it, and, it, and people just don't for some reason understand that with the MJF character and, and I, I don't know what has to be more clear about it but I think it's a tremendous character it's great it, it's MJF and Roman Reigns are the two misun- two most misunderstood gimmicks in wrestling right now. People just uh, don't they don't have a good feel for the, it, it goes right over people's heads, I think. More so with Roman Reigns than MJF. I think a lot of people understand what we're saying about MJF. Um Reigns is far more misunderstood to me. Uh, you know, because people really think that the, he's supposed to be a dominant force and it's the complete opposite. He's another insecure guy who's just desperately using the people around him and manipulating them. So, you know, you know, we've talked about all that last week, but, uh, but yeah, no, when, when people like Danielson tell MJF, like it is, that's when you see, that's when it, it, you can tell it's hit, you know, he, he plays it so well. And that's when, you know, it's hitting him in the core. And it's a shame that we didn't get to see the, the punk long-term story play out because we would have peeled back more layers on this MJF, uh, character and he would have shown more of his insecurities and eventually I think they would have done a double turn. I really think that that's where that was going. And um, unfortunately, we may never see the end result of that. Maybe if Punk comes back, they go back down that road. If Punk does come back, I think that they will. I mean, you, you have to. Why else would Punk come back? This MJF thing has to play out. Um, but anyway, yeah. So same idea here with Danielson, and I thought that that promo was great, and um, I'm very excited for the match. Now, I don't think Danielson can win. So I'm excited for it from the standpoint of how do they get out of this and have MJF win this? Is it going to suck or are they going to do something good and creative that's going to work? That's what I'm curious about in terms of the match. Um, Because they've got to find a way for this guy to get more falls than Danielson. And they have to do it in a way that isn't shitty and derivative and, and and I'm curious what they have up their sleeve because there's a lot of really good creative forces involved in this that can come up with some things, and and I want to see what they come up with. Yeah, I, I'm curious. Yeah, what what the finish is going to be, how they're going to get there, and also the match itself because it's it's a pretty daunting task to go in there. I mean, it's it's with Brian Danielson, so like I, I'm pretty confident that uh, Danielson can go 60 minutes. I'm confident that MJF can go 60 minutes, but it's a very tough match type. It, it's it's a very tough to to start that clock and go okay. We're here for 60 minutes. Now, it's not like when you go to a time limit. It's not, and that that was always my issue with with all Iron Man matches. Is I just kind of you, you know. A lot of this stuff doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? What, 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 why do I care about minute 25 and minute 26? And it's important to make people care about minute 25 and minute 26 or whatever. But when you have a match that goes 60 minutes organically, it does. You know, you don't know it, but maybe you do kind of know it, but you kind of have it back in your mind. And then, yeah, when it starts getting there, you can kind of realize, all right, this thing's going 60 and this is going to go uh, for a long time. But at least you're still engaged. Of, ah, maybe they're going to finish it at 45 or ah, maybe they're going to finish it at, at 50 minutes. Okay, no, we're going the full 60 or whatever. Whereas this, that clock starts and it's like, 
Oh, all right. Here we go. We're here for 60. So that, you know, that's always tough. It's a very, very few Iron Man matches, very few set time limit matches like this, um, you know, to me deliver. I, I don't love them. I know a lot of people do. I, they don't always hit me uh, the way that they hit some other people. So I'm curious with this one because it's two guys that I think are just tremendous. I think MJF is a tremendous, tremendous, smart, learned pro wrestler. And, and Brian Danielson's one of the best ever. So it seems to stand to reason that they're going to be able to have a really, really good match. But it's 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 just daunting. Once that clock hits and it's, you know, 48 23 you're just like ah man geez we got a lot to go here and it's gonna be interesting to see how they um you know how they manipulate that and how how, how they get you there and then like you said yeah how you do that finish because I, i'm i'm 100 with you that mjf has to win this match you cannot switch the, the title uh, uh to danielson but yeah he's gotta he's gotta do something and it can't just be there is like you know a bunch of different chicken shit ways you can go about it or whatever, but I do think that th- it needs to not be schlocky, like you said. It needs to a- have some sort of uh, you know good creative behind it. So I'm curious. I- I'm very very curious, and I have no idea exactly how uh, they're going to pull it off. But that's eh, that's fun. That- that's fun. I- I- I've kind of talked myself into maybe Danielson winning is the right move. Interesting. Okay. Would it really be that bad of a of, of a call in this no, spot? No, uh, he just outwrestles I mean, him and he proves him right. And he says, yeah, you, you aren't, you know, now you got to come back, you know, if you want to come back. Well, and because this is Danielson's entire thing is is this match. Like he, he is, and that's the other thing I, I saw too is, you know, people say, well, why are they doing an Iron Man match here? You know, what, 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 why, you know, it's, well, they're doing an Iron Man match because Brian Danielson said, we're going to do an Iron Man match because I know you can't beat me in, in 60 minutes. I'm a better wrestler than you. Uh, and you can beat me by cheating. You can beat me by, you know, doing the ring or having a guy interfere or whatever, but you're not going to out-wrestle me for 60 minutes, so that's what we're going to do, and that's what the match is going to be. Um, so, yeah, I guess, yeah. I, I, I The other thing, too, is he can just do some chicken shitty thing at the end, too. He can still use the ring or something like that, but would you feel, feel kind of gutted if after, you know, 58 minutes – uh, of a match, MJF comes out of nowhere, hits a guy with a ring, and then it's over. Like, would that? Would that? I don't know. You? I have to. I have to see it. I have to see it. I can't. I have to see how that all plays out to determine whether I think it's you know bullshit or not. And what if he so, does just out wrestle Danielson? What if he just gets Danielson in in, in, in something? No, you can't do that. Wins? You can't do that. Okay, that you absolutely cannot do. He can't. No, he you know, he can't just. He can't wrestle clean for sixty minutes and win this thing four to two. Like you can't, you can't <laughs> right, do that. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like well, he's I mean, got like He could be, he could be a, a, a chicken shit for fifty five minutes or whatever, but the final pin can come with like you know a a reversal into a reversal into an inside cradle or whatever, and that's how it wins or you know. But would that would that feel like a gut punch too if he's kind of MJF normal, but then at the end he just wins with like a a, a solid maneuver, a, a solid reversal? Would, would that annoy you too? I have to, I have to, it's hard to work out these scenarios. I have to see, I have to see it. Yeah. yeah. I have to see what they do in practice. He can't just be, okay, Danielson, you're right. I have to prove I'm a better wrestler than you and then out wrestle. prove it. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, then prove it. Yeah. Then, you know, and, and, you know, then Danielson looks like an absolute fool. And then what's the heat with MJF anymore at that point? He just beat the best wrestler in the world, which means he could beat anybody else on the roster. Right. So then what's really the point? of, of any of this at that. So he's got to cheat. So I want to see how creative they get, but I I almost don't think it's like at the very beginning of this, I figured this was just, all right, we're going to get him through this pay-per-view and then he's going to move on to whoever hangman page or whoever the fuck is next. But now I kind of feel like as the feud has progressed and after I've seen the promos and everything, I don't think it would be the worst decision in the world. If Danielson wins, I, you know, and, and, 
and then, you know, MJF has to chase him for a while to try to get his title back, you know, and, and cause I think he's at his best when, you know, he's kind of being an absolute psycho uh, about things and, and has that more serious edge to him. So, um, I don't know. It, I, I'm into the match, though. I'm into it. I, oh, yeah. I'm I, I think it's been a great story. It. I think the, the story of, of Danielson saying, well, I'll, I'll just prove that I'm a number one contender by beating all these guys. MJF trying to pay off all these guys. All these guys telling MJF, fuck off. I don't really need your money or whatever. And then, you know, Danielson going out there and having great matches. I mean, a, a, a series of great matches. I thought the promos have been good. I think the story has been good. Yeah, I, I'm all in on this. So he, He's got the injured arm, too. So what MJF can do is sacrifice a fall early by getting himself DQ'd by doing something to the arm, right? Right. And then, you know, so you eat eat one fall early, but, you know, then he quickly puts him in the salt of the earth, you know, to tie it up and then works over that arm for like 40 of the 60 minutes. You know what I mean? You could do something like that. I don't want to fantasy book the match or lay it out, but, but, you know, there's a lot of things you can do here. The last thing I would do is he just wrestles him and 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 bests him. Yeah, I mean, oh, that, I that, and, and I, I I lay that scenario out, but I, I totally agree. Yeah, I, I think there's a way where he's a chicken shit for 58 minutes of the match, and then maybe he gets that last pinfall by you know doing some some sort of reversal or some sort of out wrestle. That wouldn't bother me that much. That would be a little bit of like, hey, you challenged me, and I I, I proved a little bit. But like you're saying. The heat, then where's the heat on on MJF? I guess the heat. Well, the heat is like you know. I guess he wrestled like a chicken for fifty eight minutes, but that's no one's going to care because he got the win and he got the title and he out wrestled Danison in the end. So you need something there to kind of get things going. You want to either continue to ignite those flames for MJF or, like you said, have Danielson beat him, and then that makes MJF turn into a complete fucking psychopath for uh, the remainder of of of, of the yeah. Year. I, I, yeah, I don't know where they're going after. I mean, I feel like. I feel like Hangman is going to beat Mox and then you have your next program, right? Because that, you know, then you could do Hangman MJF and, and build that. What's the next page? Is it all out or double or nothing? Uh, full gear, right? It? Or not full gear, not full gear. Um, it's not full gear. It's either all out or double or nothing. Double or nothing. Double or nothing's in May. So, yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, maybe that's your, maybe your double or nothing matches MJF and Hangman Page because I, I they don't have a lot of heels, top heels. They have, they have MJF, who's already the champion. They have Chris Jericho. Um, and then who, I mean, Moxley is kind of a heel right now. He's like a heel leaning tweener, right? This, the whole Blackpool combat club with the exception of Danielson are like heel leaning tweeners right now. And then who, you know, Christian who he's got to settle this jungle boy thing. And he's a mid card guy right now. He could definitely be a top heel with the pro way he cuts promos and, you know, as, as, as good as his work is, but they've got to get some top heels, you know? So, Putting the title on Danielson, it's like, well, then where do you go with that? Because, you know, you would just have to do – you'd have to keep this feud going. It would have to be MJF now chasing him. So – because I don't think they're going to put Jericho back in the title picture. So it doesn't make oh, – you know, it's like, look, MJF's going to win. The question is, how is he going to win and is it going to work or is it going to be something that's going to piss everybody off after they sat through 60 minutes? Uh, would you see if I, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a little bit going around where Danison was talking about maybe this can open the show. Would, would, would you do that or would you close the show with this? I mean, that's the old school thinking because, you, you know, you're going to have all this craziness early and these guys are going to have to go 60 minutes and there's going to be a lot of wrestling. Right. I, that's kind of the idea here. But I don't know if that's going to be the case with the MJF match. I think there's going to be, again, MJF pulling a lot of shenanigans in this thing. You know, this isn't going to be 
Dory Funk Jr. and and Jack Briscoe. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. You know, that that's that's the old school thinking behind that, where you know, you don't want to follow something with 60 minutes of guys that are just legitimately going to grapple for an hour and go to a fucking draw. I don't know that this is going to be that. I mean, it's it's going to be just in length only. You know, it's not going to be the traditional um, 60-minute Broadway 1970s NWA world title match. So, no, I, I think you just put the match on last. And it's an AEW crowd. MJF and Brian Danielson aren't going to have any problems being over in front of an AEW crowd, no matter what they see. Now, we have had some pay-per-views where it's obvious that the crowds are tired by that main event when the main event rolls around, but they still, they don't die. They don't die completely. There's there. It's clear yeah, they, that they're they, a little tired. They have a truly dead crowd. Like where, where, no. where they've no. had lulls. There's lulls. Like we always talk about the lull, but that that's kind of what they've done is that crowd will realize, all right, you know, for the next three matches, we're just going to chill out and just kind of sit yeah. here. Uh, that's going to unfortunately probably be Jamie Hayter, Ruby Soho this time, or, you know, something else. They're going to kind of chill out and, 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 and take it easy, but then they know, okay, main event time. All right, we're back at it. Let's go. Let, let, let's go. Uh, you very rarely do they die. And then the main event comes and they're just not reacting whatsoever. So and they don't have to be at a fever pitch all 60 minutes either. They no, have no, to be. No. They have to be hot each time there's a fall. And, you know, for the final eight minutes or whatever, when they when they do whatever they're going to do when they hit the closing stretch. So, um, no, I don't I you know, I just I think the match should go on last. Uh, AW World Tag Team titles here. The guns defending in a four way here against the acclaimed Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen. Do you, do you strap up double J? Is it finally time, Joe? If you're going to, you do it here because yeah. as I talked pin, about, he can pin Danhausen or whatever. Hey, not only that, but yeah, there's a lot of potential bodies to pin, but this act is never going to be more ready for that than they are right now because nobody's sick of them yet. And, you know, when they first put Jeff Jarrett on TV and they put this act together, there was a lot of skepticism like, oh, we talked about it, right? But it's worked. And Jeff Jarrett has won everybody over because he's been like objectively great. I mean, it's it's working, but there's a shelf life to this. This isn't going to sustain. You know what I mean? So it's like right now, nobody's tired of these guys and they're getting the right kind of heat. They're not getting the wrong kind of heat yet. So if the plan is to belt up Jarrett lethal, now is the time to do it. This is the peak because I think it's all downhill from here for that act. But, um, Look, I don't know what direction they're going to go here. You know, I really thought there was a chance that FTR would be the surprise team last night. They were not. Um, and I don't know what Bald is doing. I guess he's working some kind of shitty angle where. <laughs> Shut up. Just go away. <laughs> even if, look, I suspect he's, 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 he's finally gotten me. I know you, you've been anti-Bald. Just shut up. Log off for a while. I've been okay with it, but like, I'm, I'm log off, buddy. Please, please. I saw listen, of all of us log the hell off. Please, he's the most annoying person in wrestling. <laughs> Just log off, and it, the worm has turned on him. By the way, I don't know if you noticed. Like everybody's like, dude, log off. Please go away. Yeah, hey, well, it's worse now because like he may be working some kind of angle, but with him, you can't tell because he's always obnoxious. So <laughs> I guess that's a way to go about it. Yeah, just if you're always so obnoxious, like, you don't, don't know what's true and what's false. So. I don't know if you saw it tonight, but during the ROH show, Ugh, no, 
he tweeted out a gif of uh, Dennis Stamp from the from. Oh, uh, why am I not booked? I want to be booked. Oh, Jesus, I'm not booked, Terry. You know, and it's like you asked for time off. <laughs> you fucking loser! You asked for time off. And listen, this might be me falling for whatever but fucking that's a gimmick bad he's story. doing. Even if it's even that if that's his story, that's a dumb bad story. The the I'm not booked. Uh, well, well, is a terrible story. It's a dumb story. I hate the company I work for. Like, <laughs> right. who does who What's does that, that? benefit? Yeah, What's that? Why are we making AEW the heel? You know, I I don't I I, I don't know. And you're you're doing the same thing with Kingston. You're doing the same thing with a few people here. And it's like the guy's just really fucking annoying. And I have a feeling. Look, it's a little too on the nose because he quote unquote accidentally sent out the picture with the WWE documents. Oh, in whoops. Them. Whoops. Yeah. You know, and then, and then deleted it and sent out the picture oh, without the documents. I hate all and- this. Stop talking about this, please. I, I hate this. I hate this so much, please. I'm, I'm log off. Everybody log off. So whether he's doing a company endorsed gimmick or he's shooting his own gimmick, they're both bad. Is they're both bad or whether he's just being an obnoxious asshole. <laughs> like he bad. always is also bad. Um, just not being bad. <laughs> just be good instead of bad. You know, and 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 then when people call him out for being obnoxious, he does this passive aggressive. Oh well, I just stand up for myself, and I don't know why people hate me. It, God, he's just so <laughs> awesome. The other day, he was like, I don't know why people are making such a big deal out of this stuff. <laughs> it's like, oh, because you're obnoxious, dude. You you're won't you're stop the worst. talking. Does the podcast, most, do, they, do they do a show every day? Because I feel like there's a new bald quote every day. Like, how often does that show go on? Uh, it's once a week, I think. It feels but, like it's every no. day. I, every day there's a new bald thing. But I guess he's working angles on Twitter in addition to doing the podcast. Just log off. I hate all this, and I want to stop talking about it. So there you go. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, I hate this four-way. Um, I think most AW fans aren't, aren't in favor of this four-way. Look. I don't know. Bill, this is like a television match to me uh, doing a four way like this. You want to do this kind of four way on Dynamite or Rampage or something? That's what this sure. is for. Oh, yeah, yeah. Battle, battle of the belts. But on a pay per view. Yeah, let, let's have the two best teams battle for the, the, the tag that's team it. title. Build me a contender and give me a hot match. That's all. I don't need this four way nonsense. Um, you know, so I'm not in favor of the four way and I'm not looking forward. This is my least, it's not my least anticipated match. It's my second least anticipated match on the entire show. And, um, you know, it's it's because I would rather, honestly, I'd rather just do the acclaims getting a rematch against the guns. But obviously, when we see the result of this, we'll see why they did the four-way. You know, maybe they want to put the belts on Jarrett and and Lethal or on the, the best friends team. I don't know. Right. Or, so, or the, this is a good way to keep the, the title on the guns for another, you know, cycle if you want, or another couple of weeks. Because yeah. they can pin Danhausen or whatever. You know, they can they can do something to pin. You know, yeah, you're not you're probably not going to have them pin Bowens. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to do that. But they can way. steal a fall or something. Right, can, exactly, exactly, exactly. So it's, you know, I you know, and, and look, the acclaimed are a hot act, and I'm sure the match will be over because people like the best friends and, you know, all that. I, I get it. But, um. I don't know. I'd rather just build up a hot contender and 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 give me a, a solid traditional two versus two. But you know the guns are the champs and they're kind of gimmicky champs to begin with. You know, so uh, the whole idea is that they stole the belts and that they don't aren't like worthy champions. Right. And then it's funny because then people complain that they're not worthy champions. Well, that's kind of <laughs> the point, the stupid. That's the point. You know that that yeah, like <laughs> they come out um, in half shirts and gyrates. They're not. 
you know, they're not to be respected and they didn't win the title in a respectful way. Like, yeah. Like I might be getting worked by, I might story. be getting, I might be getting worked by balds, but you're all getting worked by the guns. Okay. Yes. That's the yeah. fucking story. So um, anyway, I, yeah, I, I don't have much interest in this match. I really don't have much interest in the tag titles period right now. I, I, I would prefer, I'm patiently waiting for the tag team titles to get back on a work rate team so I can get my dopey work rate matches and fill <laughs> like up my a fucking, fucking nerd. That's like a all. fucking That's, nerd. You want a, a bell to ring and then two teams to go out there and wrestle you. You, know, I, you want me to make a controversial statement? What do you, you got? Know, the, the knock on AEW, right, is that they don't tell any stories, right? Like we we talk about that all the time. Right, and we just we spent twenty that. minutes talking about the MJF Brian Danielson story, but yeah, I gotta tell you, I think AEW tells too many stories. I think AEW I needs agree. to just. I, I think as a promotion, they cram too many fucking stories into a two hour dynamite, and and this promotion has too many. I would like less stories in AEW if I'm being completely honest. I would like a few old. You know how everyone says. The shit people say is that AEW just does a bunch of matches to pop people like us that have no meaning, no story behind them. It's just people doing moves to have the best match. No, I would like AEW to do more of that. I want that. They don't do enough of that for my tastes. We get stuff like this for the tag team titles, which is nothing but story. There's a million different subplots involved in this four-way tag match. It's thick with story. I don't want it. I don't like any of these stories they're telling with the tag team titles. I'd rather I, I, I go back and just have the fucking Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers uh, having a great match instead. So less stories in AEW, please. There's too many. Uh, well, speaking of a match that's got a plenty of stories in, in it, uh, Texas Deathmatch, John Moxley versus Hangman Adam Page. I thought both their promos on this week's Dynamite were fantastic. Uh, Moxley's was incredible. That Moxley's promo was everything that I want out of pro wrestling. A bloody guy in a hallway just screaming about how nobody gave a shit when he was hurt and screw you and I'm going to tear you apart and you're going to die on Sunday. Like, I love it. That, that, that's all I need. But yeah, they got enough story here with these guys having a couple matches, both ending you know via concussions and, and stuff like that. So there, there's a lot here and now they're going to go and they're going to beat the living fuck out of each other and John Mox is going to bleed everywhere and it's going to probably rock. So I'm, I'm into it. You know, believe it or not, Rich, there's there's people who enjoy Shawn Michaels NXT. I know that's hard to believe. Adults. But there's adults? Grown adults who... Are you sure? <laughs> grown adults? Who say okay. that that show is good. Okay. I'm going to make a point here. Um, so there's people who enjoy Roxanne Perez going... This is my dream. I want to be the NXT women's champion. (laughs) Yeah. There's people who enjoy. I've wanted to be a WWE superstar since I was born. (laughs) There's people who love that. There's people who are really into Gigi Dolan. It was never about us. There's people who are into Chase U doing whatever it is that Chase U does. Scream. Yeah. Yell. And, and, and Thea Hale just acting like a complete moron. And there's people who, for some reason, Isla Dawn making <laughs> dumb faces for faces and people you know, puking black. Goo. Yeah. 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 There's people who like that. There's people who just summoning fire, summoning fire out of nowhere. So, yeah, there's people who who love the bloodline sitting in what looks like a hotel lobby, you know, making faces at each other and, and cutting the same promo on each other every week. There's people who love that stuff. I love John Moxley sitting in a dark corridor by himself in a stairwell while blood is still pouring out of his face onto the stairs below talking about how he lives for this shit. 
And talking and into the camera, by the way. Into, into the, the camera. camera. Yes. And telling Hangman Page how he's going to kill him at the pay-per-view. That You know why? I lo- that's pro yep. wrestling. And I am a pro wrestling fan. He's not talking in some calculated, taut cadence that <laughs> right. everybody on the show talks in. This Sunday at AEW Revolution, Hangman Adam Page in the Texas Deathmatch. I'm going to defeat you and move on to the next competition. In the Yeah, no. He's spitting he's, and snarling and blood's getting on the camera. He's, he's not a cartoon character, uh, you know, um, caricature uh, like these bloodline guys. He's just, he's just a guy bleeding out in a dark corridor of a building saying how much he hates his opponent at the pay-per-view and how much he wants to beat him up and finish him for good. And how not fun wrestling is, too, which I love, too. Yeah. He's like, I hate this shit. I fucking, you think I like this? You think I like this? I don't, but I need it. You know what I mean? I, this is all I know. It's like, I love, yes, yes. And this man wants nothing more than for Sonny to come here so he can rip this guy apart and kill him. Yeah, that's that's what I want. That's what I want out of pro wrestling. Because yeah. I like pro wrestling. Yeah, I, I, Joe, I like it, too. You know, and then let's not leave the hangman out. I don't think his was as good as Moxley's, but it was very good. You know, I I loved how he talked about how, you know, you took away my memories. I can't remember anything anymore because you concussed me. I I don't have any feeling in my fingers anymore. Uh, You you know, you took you beat up my friends and took away my friend. I don't have anything left. So at the pay-per-view, I don't I don't prefer violence, but I'm going to bring violence and I'm going to finish you off because you took everything away from me. It's pro wrestling, Rich. Two guys who hate each other's guts. And a great pro wrestling story that took place over a course of many months. They've had three matches already. And, you know, AEW doesn't do that. They don't do a lot of, like, rematches. It's very rare that they do, like, a three- or four-match series like this. So it doesn't feel played out or derivative when they do do it. But this is match number four. And... The promos were great on this week's TV, and I can't fucking wait for this match. This match and the the MJF Brian Danielson match, I you know I I am I did um behind the paywall I did our old one to ten gimmick, you know the anticipation levels for each match on the pay per view, and I gave both of those matches an eight. You know I I can't wait for those matches. So uh, very much looking forward to the uh, Texas Death. And think about this. Hangman Page never loses these Texas Death matches. He beat Adam Cole. He beat Lance Archer. They're kind of making the Texas Death his thing. It's when you push the Hangman too far, mm-hmm. he's gonna he he can the violence will come out of him. Right, and that's kind of what the promo was too. You know, he's in his he's in the horse stable or whatever. But you could tell little by little, he's kind of you know, like you know what, it's gonna be pretty fun to come here on Sunday. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna I, you know, and he says you know the thing that that I don't want to do this, but this is the match. One man's going to enter, one man will die, and one man will live, and I'm going to be the one that lives. Yeah. Fucking great. So, yeah, that's good stuff. And, and they're establishing this as kind of his match, the mm-hmm. Texas mm-hmm. Death mm-hmm. match. Because, I mean, he's going to win this match. So it's funny because I, I feel like the two matches I'm looking forward to most, I, I, I'm, I'm certain who the winners are going to be. But, that's okay. You know, sometimes the obvious finish is just the right one. And, Mox, and, and, and Hangman has to win this match. He just has to. 
Uh, a match that I guess I, I still have a little debate about uh, uh, the result and curious what you think. Uh, AW TNT title here, Samoa Joe defending the title against Wardlow. Do you think it's finally time to move it on to Wardlow or are you enjoying the Joe story that we're getting? Man, I think Joe is, uh, is so good right now that unless they're going to listen to our advice and split these rosters and That's these ROH bound. exactly what my note says. Is this the yeah. way to move Samoa Joe over to Ring of Honor full time? And then you have Powerhouse Hobbs all set to feud with Wardlow where you can have this be the blow off between Wardlow and Joe, right? It's it's set up perfectly. Right, right. So you have to think about that. But Joe's but really Joe, good right now. <laughs> That's the oh, problem. Joe is so good. He's so fucking good right now. You know, it's uh, there's it a lot of easy. Pack. It should be very easy to say. No, Wardlow beats him. Joe goes to Ring of Honor. Joe does whatever. Wardlow Hobbs. We got it. We're good. But it's not easy because Joe is so good. He's he's forcing that issue that I would have real trouble deciding up until Sunday what the hell we're going to do with this match. You know, there's a lot of parallels between Joe and Kenta, right? It's like Joe, it, it, he's just so good at everything else now, and physically he just isn't what he was. Right, right. He can't go like he used to, but he's so, yeah, he, he's gotten so much better. You do wish that the, there could have been a better cross-section of, of this Joe with the body that Samoa Joe had in, in, in 2006 or whatever. You know what and, I mean? And look, he was he he always projected his persona great. I don't want to say that he was just all work rate before. Oh, no, no, like, but now he's fucking incredible. He's on another level. Like, But look, 2006 Samoa Joe, I mean, when he came in the room, you're like, that's the baddest motherfucker in the room. He always had, and so did Kenta. That's why I think they're a great parallel, right? Like, Kenta had that quiet charisma his whole career. When he was among the best wrestlers on earth, right? We and didn't know that he, we didn't know that he could talk like this or act like this or, or yeah, because he was always yeah, like you said, the quiet persona, the quiet confidence, stoic the, charisma. Right. Yeah, the, like he always exuded this cocky asshole vibe, right? Even though it wasn't with over the top antics or words like he had, like he does now. And Joe always had that, you know, it, like. That 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 vibe that like whenever there was a problem, like a legitimate problem at an ROH show with a fan or something, what would they do? They'd send Joe out, right? Because that then people knew, like you know, yeah, get your act together. He'll, he'll destroy you. He'll kill you. Right? Joe is gonna kill you. Like that. That's <laughs> you know. So it's like, so I don't want to. So again, I don't want people to misinterpret me. I'm not. You know, 2005, 2006, Samoa Joe had. You know, he, he knew how to you know, project himself in pro rep, but now he's just on another level. And it's, I wish he had a little more. I think he has more in the tank physically than Kenta does. Joe is still capable of having a great match. Kenta has to use a million shortcuts to get there. Um, but I just thought it was an interesting comparison. I think there's a lot of parallels between the two. And in fact, they mirror each other in terms of, they were both like you look at the years and they both rose at the same time. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, the career arc is nearly identical of their rise. They were both like arguably the best wrestler in the world at exactly the same time. And now, and then the decline was at the same time. And now here they are having this second act at the exact same time, doing it in a different way. So I, I, I thought that was something interesting um, uh, to bring up and give people uh, something to think about from that standpoint. But yeah, you almost don't want to see Joe lose because he's just such he's on just such a roll right now. But it, it, it's probably the obvious finish. Uh, Chris Jericho and Ricky Starks. Who's going first? 
I can go first. I'm not in love with this story right now. I don't know. Where, where you are you go first. this? All right, I'll go first. I, I like it. I okay. think, but here's the thing about this. And I said this behind the paywall. I like it, but they have to stick the landing. Yes. Th- that's the key here. And I'm very, I, for some reason, I'm, I'm, I'm either dubious or a little nervous about it. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Is that, is that good though? Um, maybe, maybe. Should, isn't it good that you're not sure what the finish? Because I feel like it's a 50-50 match. And that might be good in that they're not tipping off an obvious finish. But in order for this story to have worked and to in order for all of this time that they've invested into story to be worthwhile, whatever they do for the finish, they have to stick this landing. We've been talking about sticking landings uh, a lot lately, you know, with Roman and Sammy and everything. And uh, they obviously did not stick their landing. This one you have to stick or all of this work you've done with Ricky Starks, starting with the tournament to earn title shot against MJF and then the MJF feud, which worked out even though he lost in the end, he got kicked in the dick and cheated and he came out better for it. I think everyone would agree. Now the Jericho thing. And I really don't understand. And maybe since you don't like it as much as I do, you can take the other side of this. But what I don't understand is the criticisms that Ricky Starks hasn't looked good in the feud. He beat every single member of the JAS. He beat Jericho clean in the middle. He beat Jake Hagar. He beat Daniel Garcia on Rampage. He beat both members. He beat Matt Menard and Angelo Parker in the in the gauntlet match, and he beat them like total jobbers. He has beaten everyone in the faction, with the exception of Sammy, who he hasn't wrestled. Okay, uh, He's beaten them all. And the only time they get the better of Starks is when they outnumber him. This is just classic pro wrestling storytelling. And the story is when the babyface has these guys at, at even odds, he wins. And when they overwhelm him with numbers, they get the better of him. And now at the pay-per-view, with all of Jericho's boys banned from ringside, we're going to see, you know, the idea here is we're going to see Starks beat him again. Right. It's finally one-on-one. No cronies, nothing. Yeah. Right, but the question is, do you really believe that Chris Jericho has been outsmarted? No, Obviously, he's I got feel something like up his sleeve. He's going to turn on Starks or something like that. that. That's that's where I don't I don't know that I want that finish. Like, th- I would like it to just be Ricky Starks beat him beats him because he proves, yeah, you know what? When it's just one on one, I'm better than you, and now we move on to something new where Ricky Starks goes and and does something else, and Jericho does something else or whatever. But there's that part of me that's like, all right, all this is going to be Jericho's still going to outsmart him and they're going to add, you know, a new member to the JS or actually Andretti's going to turn on something like that. You know what I mean? I just have that in the back of my mind and that I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a gut punch because I just want that story to be Ricky Stark just beats him because he's just, you know, when when it's one-on-one, I'm going to beat you and I can beat you. I I just, part of me is, 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 is cautiously, you know, uh, coming into this knowing there's probably another wrinkle that that's going to happen to this. That's going to get Jericho the win. Yeah. There's going to be a wrinkle, and that's going to be the whole key to this because I will totally flip on this and turn on it if they don't stick the landing here. And that's, and that's, you know, and that's why it's such an intriguing match to see what the finish is going to be. Now, look, the, the hacky, predictable finish is Action Andretti turns on him because he's not part of JAS and he's allowed at ringside. Right, right, right. Right. That's also the classic pro wrestling. Finish. Yeah, I'm going to hate that too because they're going to wrestle for 
15 minutes and all of a sudden Andretti's going to come down. Yeah, yeah, it's like, well, if you're going to turn on the guy, why don't you turn on him in minute one of the match? You know, why don't you walk into the ring and immediately kick Ricky Starks in the dick and, and let Jericho pin him? Why are you going to let them face each other for 20 minutes and then run in? That, that, that unless, he, unless he's running in because, look, you know, there's a ref bump. Or he, he mistakenly costs Starks the match and there's some doubt. Did he mean to do that or not? It's like, you know. Yeah, you could do that. Or you could have a ref bump and then the JAS comes down and then Andretti comes down to allegedly run him out. But then he turns on Starks like we've seen all of these things a million times. And that's the classic pro wrestling way to get out of this. And when you have people like Chris Jericho and Tony Khan who are booking this stuff, they're going to go into that playbook. And that's what people's fear is. Right. And then depending how that plays out, that is most uh, certainly not sticking the landing because then Starks can come out of this not for the better. Right. Um, but the idea that he hasn't looked good in this feud is absurd. Oh, how yeah, many no, more I, times I don't it, agree with that. He keeps all. beating. How many, how many times do you have to beat these guys when he faces them? He beats them every time he faces them unless they cheat. Right. And then everybody runs out so, and beats him up afterwards. But that's, that's, you know, that's just power numbers. That's the heat. I mean, right. you can't, he can't win. Listen, <laughs> I don't know who needs to hear this. Okay. He can't win all of the matches and get the better of every exchange. That's not how these things work. And I think that there's just this weird anti-Jericho bias that plays into this with a lot of people where they just can't see Jericho objectively for whatever the reason is. I mean, there's this idea that no one has come out of a feud with Jericho for the better, which is complete and total bullshit. When you look at the history of Jericho's feuds, including the man main eventing this show potentially with MJF, but okay. Yeah. I mean, so what are we talking about? It's just shit. People say, one guy, one guy came out of a Jericho feud for the worse, and that was Eddie Kingston, and a lot of that was his own doing, and it was his own fault. Getting into slap fights in the back and, and everything else and having a bad match in the, in the barbed wire match, uh, that's as much on Kingston as it is on, on Jericho. Anyone else, that, did Jericho not put Orange Cassidy over in the Mimosa match at the end of that feud? Of course. Did Jericho not put MJF over? Of course. Did Jericho not put Moxley over? Did mm-hmm. Jericho... He put all, so what? Why do people say this? <laughs> there are, are people out of their minds. All he does is put people over in the end. People always come out of these Jericho feuds. Uh, they, they move above and beyond Jericho, and Jericho is a mid carder now. So it's total nonsense when people talk about that. It's just weird. It, people get brain worms when they discuss Jericho. To use a tired phrase, it's like Jericho brain worms. But with all of that said, they need to stick the landing here or all of the work that they've done in this feud goes right down the toilet. And I think that your fears that they will not stick the landing are justified. Right. We'll see. Uh, I have a lot of fears about this one, and uh, I think you do as well. AW Women's World Championship three-way match here. Jamie Hayter defending the title against Soraya and Ruby Soho. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, I was with this thing up until about three weeks ago, and then I turned on it. It sucks. It's garbage. It, it's terrible. It's just and it's so- badly booked. The characters involved are tough. They stink. It, it's it's haters fine, but she it, it feels like the least important part of this feud. Soraya, I, I'm good. Like if they. I, I I said they give her an. What did I say? Like the first week they <laughs> she was there, I said give her. An, oh no, I said after the Britt Baker match, hand her an envelope and say thank you very much. You know, we'll uh, don't call us, we'll call you. And then she just kind of leaves the company and 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 you don't say anything or or you know you pay her whatever her contract was for or whatever. But you hope you get out. Um, they've pivoted to like 
dollar store NWO. And I don't know that that's what I would have done. I know you had to turn her heel because the fans just hated her and they don't want to cheer for her. But uh, it's just dragging Tony Storm down. I think it stinks. The Ruby Soho. Why is she even in this match? Like, just do Hater and Soraya. You know what I mean? Like, I know. Like, and then just have Hater beat her. Like, I, I, I'm just I'm at a loss for what we're doing here exactly. But I, I, yeah, this is. Among all the stories, you know, you talk about this AEW stories. This is the my least favorite story in the match. I'm least looking forward to I, I, on all of Revolution. This is just I, I, nothing. There's nothing to it. Yeah, one to ten. I gave this one a one, and I almost went with zero. Um, Jamie Hader is good enough that I can't go zero, but yeah, one is probably where I'm at. I just want to get through this with Hader as champion, so we can move on and get Hader back into having great matches on TV and pay per view, and away from whatever this bullshit is. It sucks. Soraya stinks. Um, you know, uh, we talked about it a million times. I think she's a waste of money. Um, you know, it's funny how Khan talked on the media call today about how, you know, Soraya came into the company and he said, AEW fans didn't like her promos and what she had to say. And remember we ripped on that. This is my house bullshit, mm-hmm. you know, as you know, just completely not face. understanding what the company was or what the vision right. is or what, what, what's happened around her. Yeah. No, no idea. Cutting 2015 WWE promos in front of AEW crowds. Um, and, and he said, you know, and that's kind of what happens. That's the risk you take when you let people use their own words and cut their own promos. And, you know, I don't know if that means he read the room and then took everything in another direction which is what a good booker will do or rich. What do you think the odds are that this is like that? That was the plan. Do you think that they, do you think they were smart enough to understand? Hey, look, we can bring you in as a baby face cause you're going to get a pop, but then cut these weird promos and then we'll do a double turn because I trust that our fans are going to side with Brit. Or do you think that that's way too, galaxy brain to think that they thought That's all of this out pretty ahead of galaxy time. brain i i think that no i i, I don't think so it, it would it stun me if they they got in there and said all right look they're probably i don't think so i i really don't i i think that they genuinely thought that people were going to be excited to see page return uh or whatever i don't know that page or Soraya is, is 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 um like aware enough to be like, hey, Tony, here, I got this great idea. I, she came in completely unprepared, had no idea what was going on around her, had no idea what company she was in, had no idea what. No, I I, I would like to think that this was just some big giant idea. And it's like, ha we've nailed it exactly. But uh, I can't give them that much credit. No, I, I just think she bombed yeah. and they immediately they smartly. I will give them all the credit in the world for that immediately going, OK, that didn't work at all. We got to change course immediately. We got to change course right away here. Uh, but the pivot is. It's I, I get why they're doing the pivot, but it's just like I, I don't care. I don't want to see her. She is the most go away heat on the entire show for me. I just want her to go away. It, it's just it, go away. Take whatever money that the contract was for. Great. All right. Awesome. Be an ambassador or something. Be hell. Even if she was a manager, she'd be fine. But I I, I don't even want her on my TV. She comes out. And I'm just annoyed. And it's not in, in all the wrong ways. It is not in a good way. It is not enough heat to make you really care. And then this dollar store NWO thing is just terrible. And you're dragging Tony Storm down with you, which is the the more gall- galling part of it all is like, why does Tony Storm have to be caught in this vortex here with you? So, yeah, it, it from and we were we by the way, we said it from day one that we were like. Not, I, we really didn't want to sign her. We weren't really that interested no. in, in And her you coming. know she's making a lot of money. Yeah, she's making a shit ton of money. And then after that promo, we were like, well, this is not going to go well. And then after that match, I, I said it at whatever. What was that? Uh, all Not all out. Um, that was the pay-per-view. 
whatever the pay-per-view was. Yeah. Um, why can't we not Full remember gear. anything? Full, Full gear. gear. Yeah. That like the minute that that match was over, I would have handed her an envelope and said, you're done. Like, thank you. That was fine. It was okay, but we're, we're, we're out of here. We're good. And, and, and move on because yeah, I just, I don't see how this is going to get any better than where we're at right now. Yeah. I mean, I just proposed that as sort of a, um, devil's advocate thing only because it came up on the media call but yeah, i'd love to think so I, I i i would love to think so but i i, I don't no, know i agree with you i think i think it was just it bombed and there was a chance for a double turn kind of pivot deal and it, it's easy because hater was already a baby face like hater and brit were like the baby face heel tandem like you know old school steen and generico one's a heel one's a baby face so it was kind of easy you know, and when the fans sided with Brit, look, the bottom line is this, whether it was by design or not, it was a good pivot to do the double turn. But, and that, and this thing started off well, but this feud has just gone in just a horrible direction. It's, it's go away heat from me too. Every time they're on TV, spray painting people and all this other nonsense. <laughs> I just want to get through this and get it over with and then move on to whatever we're going to move on to. I don't give a shit. Which side Ruby Riot takes? I could not fucking care less. Yeah, I don't. Every time she comes out, I go, "Oh yeah, Ruby Soho's in this match." And we're supposed to be like, "What side is she on?" And I don't I'm care. just like, <laughs> "Who could care less?" Do yeah. not fucking care what side she's is she on. gonna side with the ex WWE wrestlers that spray paint people or the AEW originals? I don't care. Great, whichever. Flip a coin. again. Soraya, <laughs> Soraya, and Tony Storm are now the third act on this show doing the This Company Sucks Yes, routine. yes. I don't like that, yeah. And you, you, and you can even throw MJF in there if you want with right. the whole he, war. He's, he's obviously told that line before. He's not necessarily doing it right now, but he has told that line before. Well, one of his overarching stories is the War of 24, and I'm out of here. And True, yeah, true. And, right. I, and, and, and I don't like Tony Khan. You know, that's not what he's he's focused on at the moment, but that's one of that's not going away. I mean, so you you have like four acts on this show whose motivation is I hate the company I work for. I mean, what the fuck are we doing? What are you trying to tell us as viewers that this promotion stinks? You know, what happened to, you know, this is a great promotion. This is an alternative. This isn't the other place. Now nobody wants to be here. Like, and you're doing it on purpose. Like you're yeah. telling that story on it's purpose story. with everybody, you know, and, and, um, you know, I might even be forgetting a couple, you know, it, it's, it's, I don't know. So this sucks, you know, and, and I have no interest in it. And I hope that, that, that the fans speak and they shit on this or just ignore it and, 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 you know, speak with their reactions about how bad this has been. Yeah. Poorly booked. Bad characters, just yeah, the whole the whole nine arts. Uh, world of Tree. Hey, someone. Oh. I, I I hate to cut you off. Someone makes a good point. What happened to Sheeta? She was involved in I this, and now she's the just whole crux of the whole situation with Sheeta. I I agree. Where is Sheeta? Because I thought the whole thing with Soraya and, and Tony was going to be that Sheeta was kind of left out, and they kind of left her in the dust or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Weird, right? She just disappeared. It would make a lot more sense if Sheeta was in this match than Ru- why do I care what side Ruby Soho is in? Well, I guess the idea is is Sheeta would be full on team AEW, right? I guess, but and 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 so Ruby is like she came from the other place. Ah, okay. So it's yeah. I, yeah, I guess that's the idea. Okay, cool. But Sheeta like the but Sheeta still is just a ghost, like she's just gone. Yeah. And, and she was and an integral was... part of that story for the beginning of it and now it's right. just gone. And now it's just gone. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, AW World Trios Championship, the Elite. Yes, 
kind of out of nowhere here. We're booking this elite versus the House of Black match. We've talked about this in the past that the AEW has said that they like to book things kind of last minute and 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 get those last, you know, the last week buys. Like everybody thinks that we're going to get the full card like four weeks in advance, and that's not usually how they do it. Uh, this one felt particularly egregious, though, as we get to, you know, Trio's championship match uh, announced on Rampage, uh, made official on Dynamite, and the build is the Elite come out, House of Black, turn the lights off, beat them up, hold the titles, and now we're going to have a title match on Sunday. I've been screaming about doing that angle since they won Game 7. If you go back and listen to my audio after Game 7 or whatever it was, um, you know, my whole thing was I thought that they were going to win Game 7 and the lights were immediately going to go out, and they were going to get attacked by House of Black. Right. And there's your next feud. There's your next program. And, yeah, and, and even if it's not deal. explicitly made, this is going to be the match. At least you know. Okay. Well, they're 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 setting that up. Yeah. Well, I thought the lights were going to go out, and they were just going to attack them right then and there. Right. Like it took, and and then because you know, Game Seven was the blow off to the Death Triangle thing, but instead they did the Top Flight feud in between. Right. And I'm not like. I'm not super annoyed by this um, because I feel like the elite versus house of black, it's going to be a great match. And I think you, the AEW fan knows what the point of this is, right? For these two teams to go in there and fucking kill it on the pay-per-view and they're going to kill it. Um, Would you like more than one or two weeks of build? You would. Did the top flight feud go on a little too long? Probably. Did we need the extra match on rampage with the basketballs? We did not. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the feud was over at that point. You could have started. You could have done the top flight feud and started the House of Black feud a couple weeks earlier. You could have done both. So I understand the argument that you started this thing up a little late. But, you know, like you just mentioned, Tony mentioned on the media call that he likes to have a couple of these matches come together super late so that the issues are fresh in people's minds. And that's just one of his booking rhythms. And I talk a lot about booking rhythms and you have to understand the booker you're dealing with. And, and something he likes to do is putting together some of the big matches late in the game. And, you know, he did that with punk and Moxley and it didn't work. And that was with the main event though. So that's kind of a different animal. He tried putting together the main event of a pay-per-view you know, six days out or whatever it was. And that did not work. But for all of the other, he's done this with undercard stuff pretty frequently though. And he went through that in, unfortunately, excruciating detail on the media call. So, you know, that's what we have here, but the match is going to be great. Oh yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, the match is going to be awesome, but it, it, it did kind of catch me by surprise that we're just like, yeah, there we go. They're going to attack him. And then we're just there, but, but that's what they do. That's kind of the booking rhythm. So I saw some people, you know, push back on that and and I agree a little bit I, I I'd like a little bit little bit more uh, of uh, of you know build to it but it yeah I get that fine. I get that argument yeah I'm just not particularly worked up by it myself no, but no I, I agree and then the bell's gonna ring and I'm not gonna give a shit because they're gonna go out there and, and, and kill it and and you know me I'm always a little dubious of a, or you know a little taken aback by all the house of black stuff because it's just like you know they cut that promo and <laughs> got Mal Black back there talking about nonsense and I'm just fucking wrestle dude well who well okay who says this isn't the start and not the finish it's true true right what if this is the start of the feud so, you know, I think kind of people kind of discount that too. Just because they're having a pay-per-view match 
doesn't mean that this is the end, that this is going to be a, a one-week feud that right, starts right. one week and ends the next. This could be the start of something a little longer. Uh, I will say it Sue is, Williams has a great point in the note of chat. He says, I'm glad we didn't get more build. Can you imagine the lore between these two teams? Yuck. And, and you know uh, what? That's a tremendous that's argument. A great it's a tremendous point. argument. Because Mal Black probably laid out a whole fucking, you know, oh, and then I'm going to capture Matt Jackson yeah. and, and brainwash him. And Tony said, you know what I like to do? Uh, the week before the pay-per-view, sometimes I like to announce a big match get some last minute advice i'm gonna do that with this match mal so thank you so much for these suggestions i'm gonna put them right here uh but that's what we're gonna do for your match but we're gonna use some of these ideas later but thank you again for doing this uh please leave now so yeah that's some uh that's some good thinking there yeah kenny omega um, malachi black you know stroking their chins thinking of the most dumb things they could possibly do i've uh, got an absolute deluge out here a massive thunderstorm can you hear any of this or uh, no? i cannot i cannot okay yeah, all right well good we, we got a lot of, a lot of weather a lot of water hitting the country right now, so. Well, I got like hail hitting up against my window. Oh, I'm I sitting no, next I to you, so can't hear it. So that that's okay. So well, just letting you know. And if I get knocked off of the uh, feed here, then yeah. uh, you you know why. All right, so there you go. Uh, and then the last match here, no holds barred, Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And my God, what a promo from Christian Cage this week! Holy shit, was that great? Yeah, he's great, and and that's why I say like, look, Jack Perry eventually is going to have to win this feud. It might be this weekend. It might be at another point in time, but he's going to have to beat Christian with the concerto because that's the story they've been telling all, all along. You know, you remember that, you know, tag match where Christian wanted Jack Perry to do the concerto to, to his opponent and he wouldn't do it. Which, and then, which company was this in though, Joe? The one that doesn't ever tell stories, oh, Rich. Oh, the AW? The, the, yes. the story is from AEW. You sure? It's been going on for like a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, this, this yeah, story. Yeah. Uh, the um, story for the company that doesn't tell stories. Okay, carry on. I, I I assume that was from a different company because this company doesn't tell stories. But go on. Yeah, so the concerto thing is how this thing is going to happen. They don't, they don't even know. They don't know three acts. They don't know <laughs> the first act, the second act, and the third act. So, you know. You know, a little sidetrack. Fucking Bischoff. Today, <laughs> he um, this fucking grifting piece of garbage today. Oh, I saw he had like a bonus show to talk about them getting 800,000 total viewers. That's that? what I was going to bring up. Yeah. Today he does a show with Alba and the big hook of the show is, you know, dynamite's ratings tank this week by over 200,000 viewers. Eric will tell you why. And it's <laughs> well, like, he would know. <laughs> well, yeah, no, but it has a lot of expertise on, on tanking your ratings. Then uh, Eric would be the guy to, to, to talk to. So no, but it's like that. Eric Bischoff and that podcast play to the dumbest fans because everyone knows why there was no NBA last week. And that's why the number was up. And the NBA came back this week. Okay. The podcast is over in 40 seconds. Thanks, Eric. Right. But no, he's going to go into some long winded (laughs) convoluted to tell three act stories. And when the reason the rating went down, which we all knew it would last week, when we saw the million, when we saw the number go up, Everyone who really understands this stuff said the same thing. Next week, it's going to go back down. Last week, when I last night when I recorded the Dynamite review, uh, fifteen hours early, right because of the media call, you know I did the the, the Dynamite review early. I told everybody, listen, the ratings are going to come in and they're going to be way down. They're going to be right back where they were before because last week there was no NBA. This fucking guy does a podcast today, and people fall for it. People fucking fall for it. Do you read? Do you know who has the worst mentions on Twitter? Brandon Thurston. That poor – and he don't read any of <laughs> yeah, them. He doesn't read them, thankfully. He's got the – he put the dynamite rating up and like fucking clockwork, all of the dumbest people on Twitter 
just, you know, ah, you know, wow, down 200,000 viewers. I, mean, oh, I can't believe it. it's incredible. Yeah, they fucking stay. Everyone knew this was going to happen. Last week was the aberration. Okay. And, and Bischoff knows it too. Bischoff knows, but he, pl- he plays to the dumbest among us. The people who still think Dave Meltzer picks his own awards are the people who, <laughs> who Eric Bischoff and John Alba do their podcast for. The world's dumbest wrestling fans. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Anyway, Christian, this has to end with the concerto. Yes. At some point, that's how Perry has to beat him, right? Oh, of course, yeah. When that happens, whether it's the pay-per-view or otherwise, I really think Christian could be one of uh, – he could be elevated to one of the top heels in the company. I'm talking main eventer because obviously his work is still at a super high level. We saw that uh, before he got hurt in AEW. We saw that with the impact run. Uh, the brief impact run that he had for, you know, four months or whatever it was. Uh, we saw that with the uh, Kenny Omega feud. Um, and his promos are just, fuck, that promo last night may have been the best promo on the show. And it had stiff competition. Oh, it did. It did. Yeah, but I, I kind of came away saying, man, I, that Moxley one was one-on-one. That Danielson one was fucking incredible. God damn, Christian may have gotten that one. And you could tell as the promo went on, it just got better and better and better. And by the end, I was like, man, I'm kind of rooting for this guy. You know what I mean? He's like, I live for this. Wrestling is my life. You know, that I, you know, I wanna, I wanna win because, you know, and then he, you don't care about it. And I'm like, oh man, he, he, this man brings up some very good points. <laughs> I think I might be on Christian's side here uh, when it was all said and done. But uh, no, it was, yeah, it was a tremendous promo. I think. Yeah, it was it, a tough, tough competition on a night that had a lot of really good promos. But yeah, it, 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 it was right up there with those other ones for sure. What do you make of the edge rumors? Now, <sighs> listen, he could keep his fucking stool and stay far away from this company as far as I'm concerned. OK, I have no interest in fucking edge sitting on his stool with the spotlight and making faces and talking about how he's going to that place. I have no fucking interest in that in AEW at all. OK. I think that's geek shit. But here's the thing. If let's say that Edge does come because Christian is throwing in little subtle hints in his promo. They're using like the same verbiage as one another. They're being cute. You know, these two guys, they, you know, they're, they're in cahoots here. They're probably just fucking with everybody, but who knows? But do you think Edge is smart enough to know that he wouldn't be able to do those kind of promos in AEW? And he would adjust his style to more suit his environment if he did come in. Because remember, Tony Khan did offer him a shit ton of money. He did. And he and WWE offered him more money. And was he using AEW as a leverage play? Maybe. But, you know, that's what you do, that's right? That's what you do when and, there's two major wrestling WWE. companies. You, you do that. But do you think maybe he feels like, all right, I did the thing with my wife. This Judgment Day thing has kind of run its course. Christian's having a shit ton of fun. Maybe he's telling him good thing. I can go work with Christian one last run with. So let's give this thing some credence that maybe it doesn't deserve. If he does come in, do you think that edge is a smart enough performer 
to adjust his promo style to suit the the style of the company that he's in? I want to say yes, but I'm a little I don't know. This guy is been he too in theater that kid system. for his own good. Yeah, he's been in that system and that company, and th- he's only known that wrestling for like three decades at this point. You know what I mean? Like he came in, you know, into their developmental in like what ninety seven or whatever was on TV by ninety eight was yeah. around forever, and and it's not like he's changed a whole lot. He's gotten a little bit better at promos, but it's always kind of been the same thing. You know what I mean? It's always kind of been the and and it's gone in in different directions, but. I think he's gotten significantly worse. Oh, I, I agree. He's gotten worse because his own everything, everything that he's done in the the stool and all that sort of stuff. But the cadence, the way he talks, yeah. the enunciating, all that sort of stuff—that's Edge one hundred and one. Like, and and that's yeah. something they loved about the guy is that he enunciated every single word and he he spoke very slowly so that everybody could hear every. Ah, man, I, I I don't I don't think he could adjust. And, and I I also say this: I want absolutely nothing to do with Edge in AEW. I, I want nothing to do with whatever money he's going to offer want to, to go to AEW, and I want nothing to do with with that guy who's been exposed on WWE television for three decades on my show. I, I, a guy who's not even a real star, we've proven that time and time again, is not a tangible draw in any way, shape, or form. Um, body broken down at this point, like what the hell do you need Edge for? You're going to pay that guy multiple millions of dollars to come and, and hope that he doesn't cut shitty promos? He hasn't popped a rating since he dry humped Lita on yeah, Raw. Yeah, and guess why everybody watched that? Because they wanted to see Lita's tits, including me and my friends. So you know what? Like, you know, right? Like, yeah. call a spade a spade. There's a reason that got a big rating. People always cite that. It wasn't going to edge, all right? It was because he was going to fuck a woman on, <laughs> on Raw. So a bunch of horny-ass dudes sort of, oh, shit. Well, we should watch that, see what happens. And they did. <laughs> and that's what happened. He, he, he seems like a nice guy and everything. And I'm I think sure. Him, Great. And, cool. And, awesome. And I, and I think him and Christian are really funny, like, when they had that show on the network and everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's like, um, he really is. It's become a meme how poor of a ratings draw he is. Like (laughs) he's, it never stops. He gets, he gets the pop in the building and then it just does not translate to to, to television at all. I kind of a globalized thought about, about AEW. And and so we're finishing up a revolution, uh, you know, so I'll I'll give that, but I have like this globalized thought about AEW and, and, and WWE talent or whatever. I'm at a point right now in AEW where we're, we're quickly approaching four years of this company existing. You know what I mean? We're, 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 yeah. we're, we're, we're preaching a point where they're not a startup anymore. They're not a plucky little fledgling under, you know what I mean? Like they're a full fledged company. They've been around for four years. I think I pretty much don't hire any ex WWE people right now. I don't think you need to. I don't think you need them. I don't think you need the money. And it's not just because the Soraya thing's been a bomb. It's not just because Andrade was a bomb. It's not just because Malachi Black's kind of annoying. You've you've had a lot of those. You've had successes of of you know those talents. You've had a lot of you know bombs as well from from those talents. We got to call a spade a spade. There's been a lot of recent very high profile bombs of people that came there. I just think at this point in the way the company is and the, the how long it's been around and all that sort of stuff. You have so many talents on your roster that, that need that spotlight, that need that time and that care, and, and and I would so much rather spend time building those people up and spending time working on a powerhouse Hobbs and working on a Darby Allen and working on a, a Bowens and, and a Caster when you're ready to break them up and working on all these guys. Pac has been barely, you know, Orange Cassidy is still on, uh, you know, th- there to be, you know, cultivated into something else. You're gonna spend all that time and all that money bringing in Edge. And Seth Rollins, like, I want nothing to do with those dudes. You know, there are two people. If Walter is going to come, I'll take Walter. And if Bianca Belair is going to leave, I'll take Bianca Belair. The rest of them, everybody else on that roster, I got no interest in. Zero interest. Brock, you want to bring Brock over? Sure, I'll bring Brock over. The rest of them, you can have them. 
I don't want overexposed talent that has been on TV for decades upon decades upon decades acting like dorks. I don't want them. And you don't need them. This company does not need them anymore. They're not stars. You know, none of those people on that roster are stars the level that you can grab them and say, oh, well, now we're going to get extra viewers. You're not going to get extra viewers. You're just not. So it, it, it's, and especially Edge. Edge is not going to give you any extra viewers. And the guy's been around for three decades. Seth Rollins is not going to give you any extra viewers. And he's been around for a decade or whatever. I just, I'm good. I don't want any of those guys. I don't want their attitudes. I don't want their their, their contract dollar figures. I want AEW to build their town. Because they have a lot of, lot of people on the roster right now. And not a lot of spots for these people. I want them to move up. And, and, and the lifeblood. The lifeblood of pro wrestling and the way that wrestling companies get more popular and get more viewers is by promoting and pushing unexposed talents. And I want to put Seth Rollins. I'm going to pay Seth Rollins $2 million to be on my television. No, get the fuck I out think of that, um, yeah, these are, these are talents that are getting seven figures, you know, edge. Like we just talked about, isn't the reported figure 5 million a year? I think it was 5 million. Yeah. And, and again, is that so, true or not? It's probably close. I mean, let, let's be honest. If, is it 5 million? Yeah. It's not, Five hundred thousand. I'll tell you that. It's definitely, no, he's he's making seven figures. Yeah, it's multiple um, millions for sure. It, you know, and and to your point, wouldn't that money be better invested to keep Ricky Starks when his contract comes sure. up, yeah. or to keep you right, know all the guy, people using powerhouse Hobbs, one, or yeah. you know, I'm just whoever pops into my head here. You know, um, to, to to keep these people when their contracts come due. Now that you know. They've these these guys all have television exposure now and have been presented at a different level and they can offer their services to the other side. And you might have to get in a bit of a bidding war to keep some of these people. And wouldn't you rather have that part of the budget allocated to keeping the stars that you have cultivated and built and invested television time in rather than, you know, like you're saying, bringing in another Soraya. You know, I mean, I don't know if any of these people would bomb it to the extent that right, she is right. bombed. I don't want to. I want to prove that the I'm idea. not entirely scared off by everybody because of Soraya. But Soraya right. is a great example of this is when it can all go wrong. From the day she entered this, she had no fucking idea what the ethos of the company was, what company she was getting into, what 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 the the the, the idea is, what the what, you know what what the, the vision is. She has no she had no earthly idea. Wasn't keeping up with the product. Didn't respect it. it it's a respect thing too. Andrade never respected that company either, and thought he would be able to just bounce and do whatever the fuck he wanted to do and do you know like there's a lot of guys that I just don't think respect where that uh, company man, is. I, I warned people about Andrade. I I would listen. Oh, don't yeah, blame yeah. me for him. No. Don't blame me for that guy. I I and he wasn't as big a star as people thought he was either yeah so that that's my thing is like every time somebody comes due it's like oh well they should yeah you should grab it you really want this show to be filled with a bunch of fucking people that have been on tv for the last 15 years constantly can i don't I, want that can i pitch you one that you that you shot down can i make you one pitch i think there's money in john moxley versus tyler black uh, would that be taking food off people's table, though? Uh, well, I'm asking you. Okay. Well, I'm just saying because that fucking dork said that you know he was. Taking he did. Food. Yeah. He he did, but <laughs> he's a fucking geek. No, fuck it. I I know, but we have come to find out later that his kind of rah rah routine is him just trying to be a locker room leader, mm-hmm. and it, it's a put on. Well, well, you and- can continue to lead that locker room. I'm good. No. A lot of people do that for their, you know, home team. Like, I mean, Cody was who was a bigger cheerleader than Cody, you know, and now he wants to win the title. His daddy never won. These guys are all workers, Rich. You know that. Oh, I know. I know. Um, I know. So it's like, 
I think there's money in that one. I do. I think there's money in in, in Freakin versus Moxley. I think that one. But I, I agree with your general point, though, that it might be time. Now, listen, I'm going to circle it back to what we opened up the show with, okay? And I'm going to hammer this home. And people on our Discord hate my guts for this, and I got into some nasty fights with people over it. Um, that's the other funny thing. People think, ah, the Joe Lanza safe space. They all fucking hate me in the Discord. Everybody dislikes I, me, yeah. I get more arguments. And everyone fights with me. Listen, I think that's another reason why you need to have two separate and distinct AEW and Ring of Honor rosters. If you keep those two rosters, and it, we talk, we people have talked about this for decades now with the roster split in WWE. If you dedicate yourself to it and you do it right, you have now created two distinct promotions, and now you can have artificial jumps back and forth to keep both places hot when they need a boost. Okay. Because if AEW and ROH have had their own distinct rosters for three years and there's been no crossover or anything, what does that allow you to do? It allows you to, all right, this guy's gotten a little stale in ROH. We're going to have him pop up on Dynamite this week as a big surprise and attack somebody. Or ROH could use a boost here for the summer. This guy's a little stale in AEW. We're going to move that guy over to ROH. He's an ROH wrestler now. That's the kind of shit that's splitting these rosters and being committed to it affords you to do, let alone if you do it long enough, three years from now, you can do like a super card pay-per-view ROH versus AEW. What would that be worth today, Rich? Nothing. No, zero. Yeah. It would draw zero dollars if you tried that today because it's all the same fucking people. Yeah, but if you keep them. Cesaro. Okay. Yeah, here we go. I mean, shit, if you learn anything from his, if Tony Khan, who's a student of history, has learned anything from history, he can just look at the years and years of failure of the brand split and all of that money that's been left on the table because they can never fucking commit to it. And he has a chance to do it and do it right. And then three, four, five years from now, it pays massive dividends. Once you've built up ROH and they have their own stars. And then fans start talking. Oh, shit. What would happen if this guy from AEW ever wrestled this guy from ROH? Because they've never been in the same promotion before. But if you keep mixing and matching these guys, you can never get that. And you leave all that money on the table. And what you're saying, you don't need to just constantly steal people from WWE to get that boost and that pop. And then you have a roster full of their former stars because you have your own two promotions you can do that with. So that's even more reason to split these rosters as soon as as, as humanly possible when business allows you to and keep them apart and, and commit to it. Commit to it. No special guest stars. No fucking nothing. No, you keep them apart. You're Samoa Joe. You're an ROH wrestler now. That, that is where you live. That is where you work. John Moxley, you are an AEW wrestler. No more. Cr- Willow Nightingale, you work for ROH now. And we're going to build you up. And you're going to be the top, whatever the fuck you want to do. You're going to be top woman star in, in, in Real Honor. And we're going to make you a star over there. And you split these rosters and you do it right. And, I, you know, and, I, and I'm going to harp on this. I am going to harp on this to the point of annoyance. I'm getting everybody ready. You know how I can be. This is going to be, I'm going to hammer this fucking thing home until I get until I get tired of it and bored with it. And that means I'm tired and bored out on ROH. Because this is what they need to do. 
There we go. So that is uh, AEW Revolution, the uh, preview there. Again, Sunday, immediately following the show, we were going to go live on flagship patreon.com, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, uh, voices of wrestling.com slash patreon. $10 tier. Uh, that is your one and only chance to hear us review uh, AEW Revolution, give our ratings, our thoughts on the entire show. Uh, we are not going to do that on the next week's flagship. We do that on Instant Reaction Live. So if you want our recap and a review of AEW Revolution, the way you got to do it is $10 tier immediately following the show, Instant Reaction Live. So there you go. That is AEW Revolution, uh, available on voicewrestling.com slash fight, by the way. Uh, if you're not in the U.S. or if you can, you know, if you're in the U.S. and you have a way to mysteriously and quickly uh, change your location, uh, you can also use VoicesOfWrestling.com slash fight. Otherwise, pay-per-view, BR Live, movie theaters, and select Dave and Busters. Are you going to go to Dave and Busters for the show, Joe, or no? You're going to watch on pay-per-view. Well, I'm going to try to watch on DirecTV pay-per-view, but as you recall, the last two F- uh, attempts to air these shows on DirecTV were, were fucking oh, right. shit shows. Yeah, right, right. So, you know, we'll see if uh, – and I had to use uh, – you know, fight at the last minute or whatever last time. So uh, we'll see if they could finally get that right, you know, with the uh, – I don't remember if that was ROH final battle, that the, the issue. Or You've had some direct TV issues over the last couple well, of Well, direct TV yeah. doesn't let – they don't allow – it'll be on the, the, the guide, but they don't let anybody order it. Like you try to order it and you call up and, you know, like you can't order it with the remote. And then you call up and they're like – they they don't see it like the lady on the <laughs> right. phone just doesn't and then you're just like you know it's five minutes till the pay per view right. starts and can I and give you my money I want to give somebody my money I'm, I have a fistful of fucking I have fifty dollars in my hand I want to give to you and you won't take it you know it's very frustrating but uh yeah so instant reaction live on uh what what night is this fucking uh, that show is Sunday. Sunday that is Sunday not All Saturday right. it is on Sunday Sunday night cool. AW Revolution so. Yeah, that'll be a fun one for me. Staying up till two a.m. and get up at five the next day. That's all right. That's uh, worth it for you guys. Uh, VoiceOfWrestling.com slash Patreon. I'll make sure that it's short, Rich. I, I won't give you too <laughs> yeah, many. You, <laughs> you, thank you, Joe. You, uh, you always I'm not going to sidetrack you. Yeah, yeah. No, of course not. Not on Instagram Live. All right. Uh, so that is AEW. That is Ring of Honor. We've talked all about that. Let's get into the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling because they had their Fantastica Mania tour uh, last week. Started February twenty second. Just wrapped up. Uh, February 28th earlier this week, obviously CML coming over, uh, bringing their talents, co-mingling with the New Japan talents, and usually used to be a very, very fun tour. Uh, there was a couple years there where it got kind of boring or kind of mundane or whatever. Uh, it also kind of played into when CMLL at their time was kind of mundane or whatever, but we have talked about, we've talked on the show already uh, a couple of times that CMLL is great this year. Uh, they got a great roster, a lot of good talent. Things feel hot in that company. Uh, now, they came to Japan and had this series of shows, and I watched bits and pieces of every single show. Uh, I thought this tour rocked. I don't know what your overall thoughts were, but I loved almost everything that I saw out of these guys. Tour was great. Super fun. Um, the show on the 27th. What was the date of the first Corican show? Uh, February 27th. That was a notebook filler. I mean, that was just great matches up and down the card, and everything on that card was fun. But all six shows had something to offer. You know, the, the, the way that I consume Fantastica Mania is I watch the entire opening night, which usually won't have a lot of, you know, just a bunch of tag team matches and stuff. But I like to get a feel for everybody that's on the tour. So I watch the whole opening night. And then the next couple of nights before they hit the bigger cities, I'll just watch the top stuff. Right. For example, the second night in uh, KBS Hall, which is that 
beautiful venue with oh, stained glass. Love that place. That, yeah. That's I, I would love to get, you know, more than any, like I obviously want to go to, if I ever go to Japan, I want to go to Cork and hall. I want to go to the Tokyo dome or whatever, dude, I got to get to this place, man. Watching Lucha with that backdrop. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It was incredible. You know, it was really just a lot of fun. So, you know, the main event that night was Atlantis jr. And Templario over Mystico and Volador jr. And it was a good match. Really good match. Um, I watched the six man tag semi as well. I think I watched the top three on that show, but then um, the tour moved on to Osaka and that's really when it started to pick up because they started the little mini four team um, interfaction tag team tournament deal. So um, that kicked off in Osaka and those two tournament matches were, were really good matches. And then the little mini tournament wrapped up in Chiba on the 20, 26. I want to say the 26th. 26. Now that show, the show on the 26th had the six man tag with uh, Duki Templario and Hechicero against uh, Despi Mystico and Soberano Jr. Oh, which a lot of, yeah, that, that's, that's probably my favorite match of the entire tour. I was just going to say, you're not alone. Cause a lot of people think that that's the best match on the end of the entire tour. And that was easy notebook material for that one. So if people don't have time to go back and watch six shows, I would start with Chiba and start with that six-man tag. And I got to tell you, I really like the main event on that show too with, with the tournament final with Atlantis Jr. and Ultimo Guerrero over Bushi and Teton. I thought that was a low-level notebook match too. So, And then the third-place match was pretty good. I don't think it was as good as the final. But, you know, so the, the, the top three in Chiba – were were very good, and then we we hit uh, Cork and Hall for the last two. And like I said, the show on the twenty seventh is a must see show. Right, top to bottom, just hit play, top and, to bottom, and watch. Yeah, hit play and watch. If if you're looking for one show of Fantastic Mania, February twenty seventh, hit play, watch, enjoy it. The whole show is just a shit ton of fun. I had four notebook matches out of like the seven matches on the show. Um, you know, and even the stuff that wasn't quite at that level i thought was uh like like the master wato and tiger mask that's exactly the match that i was gonna say it was like a four minute match that you know just kind of ah, whatever it's just an undercard but everybody was great <laughs> it was just a really really fun match yeah and, and, and it was uh they beat el hio del viano three not to be confused with viano three jr right because <laughs> right. that's the triple a guy that's <laughs> right, right this is because remember Viano three not viano three jr not the other son of the other <laughs> right. like because the triple a guy is the guy who had that great mask match against um who the hell a couple years ago was it like a, a, a legit match the year contender do you remember that oh uh man I, I'll, I'll remember it yeah give me give me a minute i'll try to remember it but yeah see if you could pull up who the opponent was it was um uh, uh, I, I don't remember that match it. that match was awesome yeah but anyway this match here a little four minute match and and he, he teamed with gato of all people talk about a fire pro team but it was so much fun because the baby faces win and then tiger mask and El Hio del Viano three getting this brawl after the match because they're having a singles match the next night. So they get in this post-match, you know, fucking fight to set up the match. And then they had a cool little match the next night, which I thought was super fun where, uh, uh, Viano early in the, early in the match did the backwards mule kick low blow on tiger mask and got the near fall. Right. And then 
he tried it again later, but Tiger Mask was one step ahead of him and he caught the leg and then that led to the finish. And, you know, Viano was mad at himself and it's just, you know, so for back-to-back nights, you know, telling a story from one night to the next, you know, guys don't have to make wacky faces at each other, Rich. You know, you can tell stories hmm. in pro wrestling, Weird. you know, in the ring. Isn't that amazing how you can do that? But um, did you find out who he wrestled nah, in that? I can't. Yeah, somebody will maybe remember it. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going through his whole cage match and yeah nothing. do the match guide do the match guide uh, it's, it's gotta not be there. his best it's match not there. yeah it's not there which i, I really yeah that kind of struck me by surprise are we are, hopefully we're not mixing him up with another guy but no no viano three jr um oh was it viano three jr or el hio <laughs> no 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 okay listen el hio d viano three is the guy from cmll who was on this tour yes Viano three junior is the triple a guy who had the match of the year. Oh, <laughs> see, I got, I got screwed up too. All right. One you second. You got screwed up. Yes. I, it, the opponent was, the opponent was Ario. Oh, Ario. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Or Ario, however you pronounce that. Yes. That match fucking rocked. That was right before the pandemic. I, I forget if they were running empty. I don't think they were running empty arena yet, but that was March 1st, 2020. Yeah. You probably looked up the CMLO I guy. <laughs> I did. Yes. And are they even bro- – yeah, they're brothers. They're brothers. Um, or someone would have some real s- serious stolen valor here if if one of them weren't – if they weren't brothers. But uh, but uh, they wear like the same gear too. So it's, it's very it's, difficult, yeah, to tell the difference between – They wear their father's outfit and yeah, everything yeah. and mask and all that shit. But um, no, so uh, anyway, uh, the 27th. Yeah, so I thought that the uh, – the Teton Soberano Jr. match, that was just fantastic. You know, they, they do the deal where um, the, with the leg injury down the stretch and everything when he came off the top. And I, to me, that was the best match on the tour. I went four and a half on yeah, that Yeah, Soberano, I, I loved him on this tour. He was really he's good. Been impressive. And, and he's, he's been one of the best wrestlers in the world this year. Yeah, and, and I've always like thought he was pretty good. But, man, everything I've seen of him this year, I'm like, holy shit, this dude's like, great like like you said he's 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 one of the best wrestlers in the world right now yeah, yeah you can't miss him yeah volador jr versus templario i thought look there's a limit there's like a cap on volador jr like he can't cross four and a quarter um because there's just something about him where uh but but again they you know that they had an excellent semi i went four and a quarter on that and i you know the match that i thought was the sleeper match on this night was ultimo guerrero versus uh, capitan suicida I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch something to you here. Yeah, what do you got? In terms of wrestlers, all time in Cork and Hall is Ultimo Guerrero like in the top ten most over wrestlers in Cork and <laughs> they Hall. They love him there. They love him there. Yeah, that's a serious question. Like he might be. Yeah, he's he he's there. Yeah, it's certainly a, a conversation to be every had. tour. Yeah, it, it is every tour. Yeah, there, there's a few guys that they clearly love. And yeah, Ultimo Guerrero is uh, of the guys that come in far and away the most popular guy in 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 Cork and Hall. Rich, he does that that raise the roof gimmick, and oh, they, they all raise, fucking the roof do gets it. Raised. <laughs> the roof of Cork and Hall gets raised. For sure. <laughs> you know? By the way, the crowds rock. J- Japanese crowds are so much better than American crowds. They're so much better than any other crowds because this tour comes in and they play by all the rules. They know what the lucha rules are. They're all wearing, you know. Mexico shirts and, and wearing lucha masks or whatever. They bring their vuvuzelas or whatever. They just rule, man. They're the best. You couldn't if you had this tour in America, it'd be a bunch of fucking dorks like me in a black, you know, wrestling t-shirt, booing and cheering and clap. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't 
play it up. Gringo Locos, the world on Lucha is not going to have this crowd. You know what I mean? Like I, I've been to shows that have very heavy Lucha influence and it's just the same guys doing the same thing. No, this crowd says, nope, this is CMLL. We must respect Lucha Libre and, and do the way that they cheer and the way that they do and the, and the noises they make and the, the, the masks that they wear. They just go all out. And I love, love, love watching these shows, especially in Cork and Hall. They just they play into it. The crowd plays into it. And I love that. It just makes it so much better when you watch. Hechicero was great on this tour in all of his tags. Um, he, he, rocks, he was outstanding. Man. Yeah, I love Hechicero. Yeah, he's, he's so good. Uh, I mean, he's built like a brick shit oh, house. He's so big. <laughs> yeah. Like, how tall is he? Because he looks like he's one of those guys that I'm sure he's not that tall, but he looks really tall and strong, even though I think he's strong. Now, no, no, no doubt that that man is strong and, and, and well built. But yeah, he looks like he's like 6'4", 255, but I'm sure he's I, not quite there. But he's built like a boulder and he obviously is an excellent grappler. He's probably but he's like 5'10", too, right? Like He's like 5'9", like 5'10", but he's probably looks, shorter. Yeah, he's probably, I mean, he probably is shorter. But yeah, he, man, he just projects like, God, that guy's a, just a fucking monster. But on top of the grappling, like he's no stranger to the ropes. No. You know, he can he doesn't do the dynamic flying, but he'll he'll do some springboard shit and come off the ropes. And, um, you know, he's just solid. He's just solid as fuck. You know, you could put him in there with anybody. And he had the singles match on the final night with Soberano that I thought was really good. And uh, Mystico had the main event on the final night against Atlantis Jr. That wasn't great, but it was, you know, it was fun and it was good. Um, the, the, the final night wasn't as good as the 27th, but, you know, it was just as fun. I really adore that Tiger Mask El Hio D Viano 3 match on the final. I, I just, that's just pro wrestling to me. You know, they, they, they plant the seeds the night before and then they just tell you a fucking story. In the in the ring with their physical movements and their and their and and the way that they build the match and it was just so much fun. Um, it may have been my favorite match on the tour from that standpoint. Not the best match, but my favorite match on the tour. And um, you know, Mystico was was great on the tour. Everybody everybody stepped up, you know. And um, I guess a couple guys. Like, uh, this wasn't a classic uh, Cavernario tour, I don't think. He didn't do the, uh, the fucking no, no. floor he, dive. But the crowd loves like that, that dude, too. They love his He don't music. have to do anything. He just needs to fucking be a caveman. Yeah, so, they, yeah. but well, that's fine. You know, and, and he's over as fucking. That's <laughs> what he's realized. Yeah, he comes over every year, and, you know, and, and, you know, he's just super over. And, man, was this fun. This was maybe my favorite Fantastica Mania yet, you know. And I know they haven't had him in a couple of years, and. Maybe absence makes the heart grow fonder, but some of these tours haven't been great. You know, this one though was great. I mean, I, you know, there was something to sink your teeth into every night, and um, you know, it helps that I'm super into the CMLL right now. I'm about to dive into the February stuff, which I haven't watched much of, and you know, all these guys were gone for two weeks or whatever, and they'll all be coming back. But um, but yeah, no, I highly recommend the show on the 27th. Really, both Corkin shows, but especially yeah, the I would do. Yeah, I would say if you if you if you're crunched for time, just watch the entire 27 show. I think that gives you the, the complete vibe of the entire show. You get the just four guys versus Ray Komeda and and and, and Kosuke Fujita. Fujita was was pretty fun during this entire tour. Like we yeah. said, you have that that a grimy a good grimy undercard tag that only lasts about four minutes with Watto and Mask and uh, and Tiger Mask versus Viano three uh, and, and and Gato uh, El Hio del Viano three. That, the tough booking these days for Viano three El Hio del three. Uh, and then yeah, I just think overall you had a, a real fun card top to bottom. But I will say that the 28th, if you do have time. 
I would watch the last four matches uh, of that show, or just honestly watch both if you can, because I think like the Dolce Gardenia versus uh, Okamura, they built that up through the entire tour. Yeah, you know, yeah. little by little, Dolce's trying to get him to, you know, to trying to kiss him or trying to, you know, and then finally Okamura's just like, no, all right, fuck this, let's fight. <laughs> and they go out there and they have a pretty fun match. Well, I regret to inform you that Okamura is canceled. He is unfortunately you know, canceled. You know the yes. spot I'm talking about. Right? Uh, you know yes, yes, yes. So uh, yeah, unfortunately, so, uh, uh, yeah. Tug and Collins. Yeah, yikes. More of a <laughs> yikes, Okamura. Yeah. More, more of an '80s spot, I would say. But uh, <laughs> no, certainly, you know. but, but they, they made up quickly. They made up quickly. Made, hey, you know what's fun you know. if you. Uh, can can take it for what it is, uh, and then Soberano versus Hechicero, I loved, uh, and then yeah, you had the Desperado Templario Valador versus Kevin uh, Ario Watto uh, Ultimo Guerrero, which the crowd was just molten hot for that because it was Kevin yeah. who they fucking love, and then their god Ultimo Guerrero came out, and they were just like, and El Desperado came out. It was like everybody that Cork and Hall thinks is like the shit came out for that match and and, and had a, a real good one, and then Mystico and Atlantis Junior like you know as the tour closer, sixteen minutes the the final singles match, the final match of the entire tour, and that wasn't like a spectacular match. I think there was a bunch of ones that were better, but it, it, you know. The crowd was into it. They knew that this was it, that this was the tour ender. So, you know, they got into it and enjoyed it. And that's not to say it wasn't a good match. It was still pretty solid. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd say if you have a chance to watch both those shows, I would. But uh, definitely just hit play on the February 27th show and just just take it all in because that that that's going to give you the entire feel of a, of a Fantastic Mania. There were there have been years where we didn't talk about this tour at all. You know? Yeah, there was and, years where we loved it. And then there was I forget what it was, maybe 18 or, or something like that that just kind of stunk and i remember being like man what happened to fantastica mania this used to be like one of my favorite things maybe it's good that it did go away for a little bit it's obviously not good the circumstances uh that caused it to go away but maybe it was a good idea to go away for a little bit and and, and now come back here uh and just feel red hot again because they used to be really really good and yeah they did start to kind of tail off a bit there so maybe maybe not every year maybe it's better to kind of wait a year or two to do this thing but uh it also helps that cml's roster is like really fucking great right now did you watch the final night. Did you watch the the video file all the way through? Uh, you know, I um, I saw the little bit of celebration, but then I I, I had to go, so I, I did cut it off there because like Mystical yeah, so, brought everybody in the ring, and then I was just like, all right, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I'm going to leave. So well, they pose for the pictures, and right, they right. you know they do the whole. But then after that, um, our boy Mystico has done it again. Rich, oh, that no. man. <laughs> did he stay in the ring for? Did he leave the ring yet? Is he still there? He I, he still might be in Cork and Hall shaking hands. <laughs> that man loves adulation more than loves something as much as Mystico likes adulation from crowds. He was literally shaking hands and kissing. He kissed the literal babies in the building. <laughs> he was the last. He would not leave. Like long after everybody else had hit the bricks, he's out there. And they're like restarting the music. You know the song. They have to like restart the fucking music. That one year, he never left the ring, and we were all laughing and joking about it. That was this J-Cup or something. Yeah, it was like, get out of the ring. It wasn't even the end of the show. No, it was in the middle of the show, and because they couldn't cut away, so it was like, and he's in the crowd doing like the double kisses to the, you know. It was yeah, that was that J-Cup that Taichi ruined, I think. Yes, yes, and he's on the top rope just going, just yeah, soaking it all in. It's like we got to make sure that's the same guy. Go, bro. Let's go. Let's get out of here. So, is that the same? Is that this Mystico that did that? We have to look that up. I think it was because I think he was. What was 
he missed disease at that time or whatever? Was it, was it a missed disease deal? I or? think so. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if he was mystical. So, in, in but that it was one. this guy. And uh, he, he, oh, yeah. And, <laughs> There's no mistaking. It was this guy. Yeah. And he just would not fucking leave Cork and Hall. And, and, and the fans are still like the clap to the song. They're like, <laughs> right. and he's he's not leaving. And, uh, you know, and he, you know, he, he went up to like a, a woman in a wheelchair. Like he, I'm telling you. He personally greeted every person in that building and was the last guy. And then he got back in the ring. Like he slid the title back in the ring and he got back in the ring and raised his hands again. And then he's kissing the mat. And then finally, so I believe he was a Caristico at that time. Um, but yeah, but the same it man. Was one of the Knights of the J Cup. Yeah, I, I'm almost positive. Yeah. Yeah. Same guy, though. Like right. the, the original Mystico. Yes. Is, yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. So he, he has done it again. The man would not leave the ring. And I couldn't take my <laughs> eyes off it. Like, and you can't leave. Like you're like, well, he's gonna leave. And like, and then you have like a weird sunk cost thing where you're like, well, I've been watching this for five minutes. Yeah. Like, well, I, I want to well see. Stick with it. <laughs> I want to see how long he was gonna wait this out. Like, so I had the remote in my hand, but I'm like, no, I gotta, you know, I, I gotta see how long that that that, that he's in there. Um, yeah. So he 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 did it again. This man loves soaking it in. He didn't want to. He wait. He just he didn't want to leave. Um, yeah. No. Great stuff though. So much fun. Uh, can't recommend it enough. And uh, that's the uh, Fantastic Mania Tour. All right. So let's get right into this uh, New Japan Cup here, which is uh, starting on Sunday, March 5th. So this Sunday, uh, New Japan Cup kicks off. And it is not that last year we had this like 100-man field or whatever the hell it was. Uh, we're not doing that this year. We're keeping it nice and uh, simple here uh, with just a normal, classic uh, New Japan Cup here. Again, starting March 5th, running through March 21st. Uh, opening round matchups, you have Sonata and Taichi. Sonata and Taichi, the winner, will face Kenta, uh, who got a bye into the second round. You have Tetsuya Naito and El Phantasmo, uh, another first-round matchup. That one sounds pretty fun. Uh, they will face Chase Owens, who got a uh, bye to get to the second round. Ren Narita and Evil will face Jeff Cobb. The, the winner of that will face Jeff Cobb, who got a buy into the second round. Uh, t- I'd love to know who the tournament committee here is that makes yeah, these I fucking gotta, brackets. Yeah, I don't know. Some of these automatic bids into the second round, I'm not too sure about. Um, the tournament committee also, th- this matchup's a Toro Yano versus Mark Davis, <laughs> the winner facing Will Ospreay. So uh, there you go. All right. Uh, Hiroki Goto also gets a buy. He faces Yoshi, uh, the winner of Yoshihashi and Kyle Fletcher. So do you think that we get Kyle Fletcher yeah, Fletcher's facing both halves of the tag team champions? You see the setup, 100%. maybe a tag team title match. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So he'll win. He'll beat, he'll win one match for sure. And then maybe, I mean, he has to win both though, in order, in order to get the title shot though. Right. Cause it's like, wouldn't it, isn't, isn't it, isn't it kind of a geek thing? Like if he then loses to Goto, and then Mark Davis like loses to Toriano. Like, what? How does that earn a title shot? Right, right. So, so he has to beat both guys if that's what they're doing. And why put him up against both of them if he's not going? Right, to beat both I, guys? I think he will. And then yeah, he could just lose in the quarterfinals or whatever. That's fine. And they like Fletcher better because because that's Tanahashi's guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shingo and Hanare will uh, will battle in the first round. They'll face Tamatonga in the second round, who received a bye. Uh, David Finley, fresh off his, uh, his his new energy, the new energy of one David Finley, I will face off against Tomohiro Ishii. Which, uh, by the way, we left that out of our Battle in the Valley review because we always leave out angles. We never talk about the angles on these shows. We always forget about right, the angles. Right, I forget to put them in my notes or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, sorry. 
That was good. But I, good angle. I thought it was really good. Like you, you think you're going to get Jay White doing this goodbye or whatever, and then he comes in and hits him with the shillelagh in the back of the head. And I thought Finley's promo was excellent. Oh, it was great. You know? yeah, it, yeah. And and I'll always say this. Like, I know some people are like, oh, that's that's kind of disrespectful. Like, he's leaving the company. You know, I got to get somebody else over. You're leaving. Disrespectful. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Pro wrestling. I, well, th- there's there's new dorky wrestling fans. that don't get it. But, like, you're leaving the fucking territory, buddy. Like, I don't have to give Could, you yeah, shit. He, and he's putting his boy over. Right. Exactly. Like, on the yeah, way out. That's wants, that's how you do it. That's that's how you create new stars. Not having Jay White stand in the middle of the, the ring while people go, thank you, Jay. <laughs> that does nothing. You know what I mean? Like that, that's not how it's disrespect. Is that a real take? I saw it. I saw it. Jay White probably begged to I, do that. Yes. Cause he's a worker and he gets it. But these people are my friends, Joe. So I don't oh like when God. they get treated poorly, even though it's a work. It's a work. <laughs> it's a work. You got to remind people a lot. You gotta and now Finley has all this juice yes, now yes, coming off of the angle. Yes, yes. That's fucking pro wrestling 101. When guys would leave territories, they'd fucking lose for weeks on the way. Guys would give notice. Stars. And then job for a month before, before they, they went to the next territory. They'd get beat like a drum all over the place. And in a lot of cases in those days, the, the commentators would bury them on the way out. Right. Like they bury the guy, and the, and the wrestlers understood that that's the right way to do business. But I'm leaving the territory, so yeah, do whatever you're going to do to me. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll finish up my dates, but yeah, do whatever you want. Yeah, you know, I'm giving my notice. I'm doing, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm you know, and instead me, of putting guys me. on ice, even if you were pissed at them, even if you said "fuck you," I can't believe you're leaving us. Uh, they would say, "All right, well, let's make the most of this. You're going to lose to this guy and this guy and this guy. These are the guys I'm going to build up." In the future. So here's what your new plan is. You're going to lose to this guy. Just the way you do it. Ric yeah. Flair versus Mr. Perfect on Raw, right? I mean, you, you, you do a job on the way out. You lose. And, you know, uh, Bobby Heenan, when Gorilla Monsoon threw him out of the building on Raw on his last night, remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, they didn't honor Bobby Heenan. They fucking yeah, put, they the show, threw him out of like, the building. And Heenan wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, no, yeah. They literally kicked his ass out of the building. They grabbed him and <laughs> Give him a swift kick to the butt and send him on pack into the world championship wrestling. So yeah. they ended the fucking monsoon Heenan storyline. Yeah. They yeah. fucking wrapped it up. He finally got the better of Bobby. Threw him out of the building. Uh, as the swink in the no dope chat room says, probably the same dopes that thought Eddie Kingston really quit. So <laughs> disrespectful to Jay White. I can't believe that's a real. I, I I unbelievable. It. I it. Anyway. Dork. Who's Finley facing in this tournament? Uh, Ishii. He's probably going to win. He probably should win. Then he's going to face Okan. I don't know if he's going to win against Okan. He probably should. Coin flip. Yeah. Uh, and then Umino, Shota Umino, and Yujiro Takahashi will face off in the first round. Then they will face Zack Sabre Jr. So uh, not a whole lot of exciting first-round matchups. Not a ton of exciting second-round matchups that I can see. But uh, that's usually the New Japan Cup. The New Japan Cup really gets going quarterfinals, semifinals, and the finals. So uh, Yeah, a lot of that will rock. And then um, we'll set up a title challenger. I... I you know, I'm I'm averse to predictions when it comes to these kind of things anyway, but I haven't even looked at it close enough to really who who is getting the chatter as the favorite to come out of this thing. You know, I don't think I've seen that exactly either. I think a lot of people are, are pretty open. I mean, Will Ospreay obviously is, is somebody that if you want to kind of reignite him and get him going again, you know, he makes sense. Um, Tama Tonga, I guess, if you're really trying to play up the post Jay White thing. Uh, I like the idea of El Phantasmo. 
What do you think about that? Uh, not necessarily winning the whole thing, but maybe getting to that final. Well, yeah, he's clearly being moved up because he's the the new, you know, potentially the new Bullet Club guy. So yeah, he, yeah. he beats Naito in the first round with a pretty big upset. That'd be cool. Uh, beats Chase Owens. That's easy. You can do that. And then you know, beats one of you know Sonata or or Kenta or whatever uh, in the quarterfinals. And and yeah, he's got a pretty clean path until he's got to face like you know Will Osprey in the semifinals. And that kind of makes sense. Like that that that's a good story. Those guys have told really good They've stories. Got a history. In the past. Yeah. They have a history. That would be really cool. That's that's how I would book it personally because that's where I think El Fantasmo. It, they didn't do what they did with El Fantasmo on on those you know the final shows you know the, the shows from the new beginning or whatever yeah if there wasn't a plan for him to go he's not gonna lose to Naito in the first round I don't think I mean maybe he will yeah. maybe he will that's not how I would book it I think it's pretty dumb considering what you did so I would get him to the semifinals against Will and then from there you can decide okay Will we're gonna heat him up for an IWGP IWGP thing but uh, I think Fantasmo does get something by getting to that semifinal though and hell if you want to get crazy you can go to the final you can win this thing who cares it's the new Japan Cup you know, well, I mean, you're going to get a title shot, so you got to make sure it's someone who could. Yeah, I, I mean, what what better way to say we believe in this guy than? No, I agree. Look, if look, we've talked about this before. From the moment Phantasmo came in the company, you could tell that uh, th- they liked him and he was on a path, and he's been on the same trajectory that a lot of these guys have been on, uh, particularly in the Bullet Club. He was so protected as a as a junior. You know, he won the Super J Cup in, in Seattle or wherever it was. And he, he only lost to the tippy top guys when he was a junior. And, um, you know, then they moved him up. And, you know, he's got this he's had these great series of matches with Will Ospreay. And, and now he's a heavyweight. And he's always been booked with respect because they've always had designs on this could be a guy with a long term uh arc here where we can make him a heavyweight star eventually and we're right there in the formative stages of that so yeah i can see him making a big run here as as the next step to that which might surprise a lot of people but it you know it was very we, we, we've been talking about this for years it's very easy to see that if you know anything about the way that that gato does his booking all of the fingerprints were all over this in terms of this guy eventually getting you know, elevated. Oh, well, it's following, it's following a lot of the beats that the Kenny Omega thing was too. We were oh, screaming yeah. about all those years yeah. ago as well. I mean, it's obviously, and I'm not suggesting he's a, he's going to be a biggest not. star. No, and I was going to clarify that one, one guy was like an absolute no doubt or one of the biggest stars in the world of wrestling. and was going to be one of the biggest stars in the world of wrestling. And the other guys, El Fantasmo, but El, they, they have been doing some of the similar beats with, you know, Fantasmo yeah. and, and Omega. And they clearly, they just clearly value the guy and think he's an important part of the company. So yeah, I would not be shocked to see him make a, a, a miracle run there uh, to the semifinals or the finals. And then on the bottom half of the bracket, man, I don't know. Um, I guess if you want to get back with Shingo and, and, and fire him up again, I guess you can do another Shingo will final. If you want to restoke those flames, you know, Zack Sabre Jr. Obviously, you know, has well, had- Shingo's got history with Phantasmo. True. True. You can do Phantasmo and Shingo. That'd be cool. Uh, I guess Finley. I I don't know how many like you know Gaijin you want going to the finals or whatever or, or, or competing there, uh, but I think Finley should. I mean, it, it, obviously you've put some muscle behind him. I think he beats Ishii, no doubt. Uh, Okan, like we said, kind of a coin flip, but I think Okan could probably take a fall to to Finley, and then you know then you have either Zack Saber Jr. and and Finley probably, and that's I, I think a pretty cool story too. So I don't know, and then Tamatonga would be an interesting one too if you really want to, you know. Ah, I've had enough of that, but I, I'm with you. I don't want to do that. I would rather just have Shingo go through, beat Tamatonga, and then you know you can kind of reestablish Shingo as a guy. But yeah, I don't see a whole lot of other um, 
maybe there's some secret person that we're not mentioning or thinking about here and Sonata can sometimes surprise you and get into those. But, uh, yeah, I would, I would have Van Phantasmo, uh, in the top half. I Phantasmo and, and will is what my semifinal would be. Then I think my other semifinal, I'd probably do Shingo and Finley and then pretty much however you want to finish that out is, is, is okay with me. Do you think it would have been more effective? I just thought about this now. Do you think it would have been more effective to have Jay White lose to Finley on the way out since they were always linked as young boys together? And there's obviously the New Japan lore for people who are big New Japan fans know that Finley won the first match and then never beat Jay White again. Jay White won like the next seven matches or whatever it was, right? As he went on to stardom and got the big push. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. So would it have been more – because Eddie Kingston, right? Yeah, like, where the fuck yeah. did that come from? Or, or was it more impactful to have Finley attack him from behind as a surprise? Uh, yes and no, but I, I see what you're saying that beating him. But I guess if you want him to be this new, true, like heel character that doesn't respect, you know, Japan and is kind of annoyed that he gets called a gaijin or whatever, then it kind of works better for him to attack the guy after the match, um, as opposed to just because <laughs> yeah. if he just wins that match, it's just like, oh, all right, cool, well. You know, congratulations to David Finley. And then he's just kind of he, he vanquishes his you know opponent. But then he's just kind of David Finley. He, he would have had to have been the baby face. Too. Right, right. And they want him to be like a heel. He, he's supposed to be edgy. So Kingston had the right kind of energy for the match. You know, even if that wasn't a high profile New Japan feud, particularly on the Japan side of things, Kingston had the right energy for it. And if you want Finley to be sort of this edgy character, there's no way he wouldn't have been the babyface in that scenario in the match. So yeah, it probably was better to have him attack him, even though he never. He at the end of the day, he never beat Jay White, except for that very first match they had as young boys. And Finley was always a weird young boy because he was like a young boy, but he really wasn't, because his first tour was a Super Junior tour. He was in the Super Juniors in his first tour, if I'm remembering properly. And it's like he was always, he was kind of like Juice Robinson, where Juice Robinson was kind of a young boy, but really wasn't. Right, you right. I mean? He kind of told that line. Yeah, there's like that weird line that a few of the guys were on. Yeah. And it's like, so he beat Jay White because Jay White was like a pure shaved head fucking young boy starting from the absolute bottom, probably washing someone's balls, all that shit. Right. So he won the first match, but then Jay White just beat him like six straight times or something. And he never got that win. But I do think the more I think about it, the attack was probably better for the story they were telling. Um, so that is the New Japan Cup. I don't know if you have anything more uh, on, on that one. I, I don't. Yeah, it's hard to predict. When does it, it start? Uh, it starts on the 5th and I'll run through it's the 21st. Up. So coming yeah. up this Sunday kicks off. All right. Uh, March 5th, 6th, 8th, and 10th is the first round. Uh, second round is March 11th, 12th, 13th, 15th. They're stretching this bad boy out, baby. Uh, quarterfinals, the 17th and the 18th. Semifinals, March 19th. And the final, March 21st. So, Yeah. There you go. So we'll cover that uh, over the next couple of weeks. But uh, well, a name that you've been mentioning before, Jay White. Let's talk about him. Uh, last yeah. night, uh, Super Cast, of course, the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast available here on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, tweeted that, quote, per sources, Jay White's contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling has expired and he is set 
to leave the company. And this coincided with uh, New Japan Shop doing a blowout of all the Jay White uh, uh, attire, saying, hey, this is your last chance to get it. When it's sold out, it's done. And all kind of builds up to all these things that we've seen over the last couple of weeks and months and or whatever. Uh, and it appears, you know, per the sources that Super Jcast have, and I, I tend to believe their sources, they've been right on a lot of things, that uh, Jay White, uh, his contract has expired, and he is set to leave the company. Uh, what do you make of that news or that story or that scoop or whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it? Uh, so that means it's been about four years since AEW made their overtures and then did the infamous seven-year contract story, which uh, he allegedly told AEW, and then AEW told Dave Meltzer, and Dave Meltzer then reported. Um, it was, it's been about four years because that would have been about 2019. Yeah, 2019 is when yeah. AEW mm-hmm. started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right around so, the time is when they were starting to sign everybody because you know they obviously if, formed in January 2019, and then yeah, throughout the you know debuted in October or whatever. But yeah, they were trying to get everybody signed up or or it debuted in May, I should say. So yeah, really, really coming up quick. Uh, but um, yeah, this and is, we, yeah, and we've been playing this yearly dance with Jay White since you know of him claiming that he's leaving the company and then he doesn't leave the company, but now he it looks like he's really legitimately leaving the company. Um, I will, you know, because, you know, in addition to super J cast sources, they also did the closeout on all of his merch and all right. of that shit. So, um, but we'll see, you know, I, as I said last week, if he pops up an impact, you know, keep all of this at arm's length, right. Could be some kind of elaborate story that they're telling. There's also been some scattered rumors that he already has a deal in place with WWE. I think the guy's tailor made for WWE. I think he would fit in there like a glove. And I think that that's probably the best destination for him. He's a guy that um, clearly was sick of traveling to Japan. I had been reporting on that going back two years in the heart of the pandemic when he was sick and tired of going back and forth to Japan. Um, You know, he lives in America now and his style is perfectly suited for that company. I think he could be a big star there. So, um, all things being equal, if I were him, I might choose WWE over AEW. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he, he stands to be more of a uh, get lost in the shuffle a little bit more in AEW, where I think he would come to WWE and they would they would their eyes would light up and and hell, wait till you hear this guy cut a mid match promo. <laughs> you guys like mid match promos? Oh no, my god! Here's yeah. the master of them right here. So, uh, yeah, I think yeah, no, it, it, to them, I think you know from WWE standpoint, I think it'd be fun to kind of try this guy out and see what happens. And from his standpoint, yeah, I'd give it a try too. I, I would. I would much, and this is weird because like I like Jay White and I obviously want him to succeed and, and all this sort of stuff, but I don't know that I necessarily 100% want him in AEW. Again, for the same reason I mentioned before, there's a lot of dudes in AEW that I think need time and need spotlight and need, you know, you know, and, and I go to, go to WWE, man, you know, give it a try. Like, I, I think he's going to, I'm with you. I think he's going to fit like a glove there. Um, now, will they use him properly? Will they understand what they have in the guy? I have no idea. You know, that remains to be seen. Uh, who knows? Because it's that company. But uh, I, if I'm him, I, I take that chance first. And then, you know, you can always go back to wherever afterwards. But, you, you know, I, I think it'd be worth it. And I do think that he's tailor made for this current, you know, state of WWE that it is. Yeah, I, I you know, I think that would be the best landing spot for him. And they're, they're um, devoid of like people, you know, they, WWE for the, all the 97,000 people they have on the roster. Nobody feels like important. Nobody. Feel, there, there are like. The people that feel important on that show, we talk about all the time. It's Cody and it's Sammy that feel important. Roman, they pretend is important. Brock is kind of important. And then John Cena comes in sometimes. And like, that's it. That's it. Nobody gives a shit about anybody else up and down the card because they've seen all these people a thousand times. They're either complete dorks or they've seen 
every one of these people for the last you know 15 years on their television. So getting a somebody like a Jay White, you know, really does shake it up a little bit. He's a new fresh body, a new fresh face. I, I think yeah, it, it makes all the sense in the world to me. Yeah, and their fans lead him up, and his style of work too will really fit in with their main. Oh, they'll love him. Too. Yeah, he'll get a lot yeah, of backpats on uh, going through Gorilla for that work that he's going to get. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, it's very yeah. So um, I, I just think it's a great fit, and you know, I I've kind of been ready for Jay White to fuck off for a while now. Yeah, just, that's where I'm at too. I know a lot of people are going to globalize it and like, oh, that's New Japan Pro Wrestling losing, you know, uh, one of the guys that they've cultivated and one of their top stars. You know what? It's fine, man. New Japan is is more than capable of filling his spot with no, numerous other people. Yeah, it sucks because that guy is is still probably in his prime and still has you know many many more years. But he the, the passion has been gone. You could you could see it from him for the last two years. The guy just has not. He hasn't been there. He hasn't been the same guy. He hasn't felt like the same guy. And yeah, I'm, I'm fine. It's okay. Like I like when people leave. I like when people leave the territory. You know what I mean? Like some people yeah. see it as, oh my god, oh geez, oh what's going on in New Japan? Oh my god. Anytime somebody moves, it's like this globalized. Like oh, we have to put a referendum on the company now. And how did this happen? And why did this happen? Well, sometimes guys just leave. Sometimes there's a better offer somewhere else or they want to try something different or they the company and the wrestler mutually agree that yeah we're, we're ready to move on. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. The sun will rise tomorrow. It's going to be okay. Well, look how look how interesting Cody has been yes. since he Yes. But but the other thing with Jay White is this. Think about this cuz I was just thinking about this. When's the last time you were excited about a Jay White match? About a year and a half ago after he cut that first promo. Remember when he cut that promo after Wrestle Kingdom? And we started the the first or second wave of the uh, he's leaving or oh, whatever because he was like, you know, I don't know if I belong here anymore. I don't know if this yes. is the place for me. And then he came back and I was like, oh, here we go. This is going to be a whole new Jay White. And then the bell rang and, and he was the exact same. Farts. Thing. Yeah, he was the exact. Farts. 28 minutes. Ah, hey. Ah, hey. Ah, hey. Ah, get him. Give him Switchblade. Get us. And I'm like, oh, all right. So nothing has changed. Great. Okay. Right. Great. Great. <laughs> Like, it's just, you know, Tony's he's going to eat that shit up, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're going to love it. They're going to love it. He just never evolved. No, I, like, I, I thought that was the moment that I was like, this is going to change. And then the bell rang and he was the exact same dude. And I was like, I am done. I am done with this guy. Then It's how many times did he eat like a major loss? You know, at a Wrestle Kingdom or wherever the fuck. G1 final. And then do the big post-match promo where he's dejected and he's knocking things off the table and he's breathing heavily. Uh, and <sighs> I, can't ta- I can't take it anymore, Gato. <sighs> Something's got to change. And then nothing ever changed. <laughs> nothing changed, yes. And we're like, all right, this guy's going to evolve and we're going to, you know, and eventually he's going to be a major baby face in the company. And obviously that never happened. And, and, you know, because it, then, then, like you said, he'd go away for a month and he'd come back and it was the same old shit, you know, and, and he never fucking evolved or changed. So he, I haven't looked forward to a Jay White match in ages. And it's like, Jay White would always be the, the big match on the card where I'd be like, oh, fuck, the J- here comes the 38 minute Jay White match. And sometimes I'd really like them. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. The, nobody had a bigger variance to me of like, this match yeah. is fucking incredible. There's no wrestler that has a bigger variance to me than like, this guy I think is one of the best wrestlers in the world and he's tremendous. And also, I hate him and I don't want to watch any of his matches. Yeah. 
Like he's exactly. that guy. Like yeah. there would be times where he'd be in the ring, and I'm like, this guy is the best. Like this is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And there's other times I'm watching him, and I'm like, go away, go away, and never come back. I never want to see this guy again. I tell you, he can put together a closing stretch. Oh, for sure he can. Yeah, you know, or maybe it's you know, maybe we'll find out that was Okada, right? Because he had some great closing stretches with Okada, and I know a lot of people don't like the counter reversal stuff. I think it's I think it's great. I like that stuff, but um. No, I mean he would do that against everybody. I guess he he's got a good no, mind for that yeah, kind no, of. He, he's good. He's a good worker and and good at finishes. And yeah, things we, like we, that. And we mentioned that from day one with him. If you go back and listen to the show when we saw Jay White Young Lion, we were like, oh boy, yeah. this is something. Like this just, is a guy. Yeah, this is a guy. Keep yeah. an eye on this guy. I mean, you can go back to that show. I'm sure we could find it if we really tried to look. But uh, definitely, like saw him day one, and we're like, yep, nope, that guy's gonna be good. And and yeah, I think he he's exactly what you want out of the Young Lion system. It's just yeah, it's unfortunate that it's come to this, but you know. Next man up, they're fine. They they yeah. have plenty of guys that that can fill that role. Maybe a Johnny Ace level finish man, right? Maybe he's got that Johnny Ace mind for the finishes. <laughs> right? Is Johnny back too, or no? Just uh, just Vince. Oh no 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 no. He's not back. No, he won't be back. Okay, yeah, I didn't think so. No. Well, they can't is, bring him back. <laughs> yeah, but you have to have a scapegoat. Yeah, so exactly. You yeah, yeah. Have, you have to be able to say, well, we got rid of this guy who yeah. you know, the real perpetrator of this whole thing, <laughs> Johnny Ace. Yeah. Very the guy that might have did some raping, but not the guy who did a lot of the raping, yeah. allegedly. Allegedly. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's uh, that's Jay White, who I think will do very well if he pops up at uh, at, at the WrestleMania. He could pop up at the WrestleMania. He could Rich, pop up at the WrestleMania. He could pop up at the Revolution, or he could pop up at that's the right. WrestleMania. Yeah, I saw. I you did know, see uh, Finn Balor earlier today teasing that there might be a new member of the Judgment Day very soon, and I am howling already. Oh God. at the idea of you know. Yeah. Joey, you know, whatever the fuck they're going to call him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Joey Blade or whatever showing up in uh, with Joey Chef Knife. <laughs> Dom. <laughs> what's an Australian, what's a stereotypical Australian name? Is there, does that exist? Yeah. I think, no, um, no, no, please, no, no, Chatman, please let us know. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, the most Wally, typical well, he's, Wally uh, he's, Steak Knife or something. <laughs> Fucking. Fosters, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, he's, he's, Paul, he's a New Paul Zealand Hogan. man, though, right? I believe he's from Australia. Oh, he's New Zealand. Yeah. That's right. He's not Australian. Yeah, he's New Zealand. I so um, they're, they're just you know, Beef Wellington. They'll have to do something <laughs> they call with Beef Wellington. To see they call him Beef. He'll be the third Beef Wellington to be a famous pro wrestler. They'll just call him because you know, you know, Wellington. You know, so they call him New Zealand. Some kind of New Zealand connection. Yeah, I forgot. Popular first names in New Zealand. All right. Let's see. 2022. Yeah, perfect. All right. Uh, the boys, Oliver, Noah, Leo, Jack, Luca, Theodore, George, Charlie, Hudson, or William. Yeah. So Oliver. Oliver yeah. <laughs> Oliver Cleaver coming to right. fucking WrestleMania. Yeah. That's uh, to help Dom. Yeah. Mm hmm. Oh God, him in that feud, especially. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, he could show up at the Revolution, right? Yeah, he could. Yeah, he absolutely could. We'll see. Uh, all right, so that is Jay White. Uh, Daisuke Hirata, real quickly, uh, unfortunately, has some bad news. He is going to have to retire. 
uh, Noah's official global, uh, the the Noah global uh, Twitter account tweeted, uh, Daisuke Harada has announced that he will be retiring. Uh, five-time GHC, uh, you know, uh, junior heavyweight champion, uh, has been out injured since August and has been urged to retire by his doctors. So uh, he'll have an exhibition match on Thursday, uh, March 9th at Corican Hall. But uh, there was other reports, too, that his, he's, you know, he, the, the injury is, I, I don't know if I'm about the human body to say what the injury was, but it doesn't sound very good. And this, this match that he's going to have this exhibition match, apparently is just going to have to be pretty light and pretty careful because the guy's hurt and, and now he's got to retire. But 36 years old is uh, very, very young uh, to have to retire from the world of wrestling. So, well, you've got to have Atsushi Katoge involved in that match in some manner, you know, obviously they were a tag team for many, many years. They held the GHC junior titles a million times. If you remember, they had that um, probably around 2015, 2016, that, that long-standing rivalry with Hajime O'Hara and Kano yeah. over those titles where they would trade those titles back and forth. They, they traded those titles with Gato and Jado a couple of times. And what a lot of people might not know or remember is they came from Osaka Pro. Uh, yeah, they're not Noah Truebloods. They're, they're Osaka Pro guys. And they were uh, tag team champions in Osaka Pro a million times, Kotoge and um, and Harada. And then, you know, Harada, uh, uh, Kotoge beat Harada for the junior title at least once. Right. And, I by, by the way, he's only 36, but he debuted in 2006 for Osaka Pro. So the guy's been wrestling for, if you're, if you're thinking, man, Harada's only 36. I feel like I've been watching that guy for two decades. Well, you have. We have been. Yes. Yeah. But, um, you know, Kotoge beat him for the GHC junior title at least once because I can remember talking about the match. They didn't wrestle a ton. I don't think for the juniors, but they were always involved in the tag mix. And again, I'll always remember those matches, really good matches against Hajime O'Hara and Kano. And um, they even reformed the team a few years ago. I think during the pandemic, Kotoge and Harada and had one more run it with those belts. So I would think that if he does any kind of retirement match, even if it's a, you know, lightly worked exhibition like they're talking it's got to be either a tag or a singles with katoge they got to involve him in some yeah form I, I, or think fashion. So. I would just do a, a, a singles match with katoge and just have him you know do some chops or whatever and and, and go from there that that's or like you said a tag would be cool too that yeah, might actually he, you know what that might be the better thing because he can't really go yeah so maybe he tags in does a few little spots tags out and then just kind of chills yeah whatever he can do you know and um i was a good he was a good wrestler, Great wrestler. i mean you know, a lot of those Noah lean years and stuff, you know, those junior tag titles were some of the highlights of those shows and, 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 you know, that Ooh, series of matches. He debuted against Katoge. That, that's the way to go then. It's got to be Katoge. It has to just be. Do just do a one on one. Just do a one on one. End it and, and close it exactly the same way. Yeah. I, they're I, intrinsically connected. Right. Like, I, I didn't realize they were even just literally against each other in their opening, in their first matches ever. Yeah. Exactly the way to go. Just have it be a singles match between those two. This is Rob Van Dam and Sabu. This is Rey Mysterio and Psychosis. This is uh, Dragon Lee and and Hiromu. This is I mean, they're just they're they're intrinsically linked for as long as wrestling history will exist. It's Daisuke Harada and Atsushi Katoge. That's just they're just forever going to be linked with one another. So that has to be the match, you know, in some form or fashion. But um, yeah, a lot of a lot of really great tag and singles title matches during those, you know, the late 20 teens, I would say, you know, the back end of that decade, whereas where he really peaked and, um, you know, he stuck around through this new era and everything. 
um, but really wasn't featured as heavily as, as he was, you know, he'd always be in the title mixes and stuff, but the Noah juniors were booked like shit, you know, obviously with, with, you know, the Nosawa booking, you know, in the Muto era. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, a lot of great stuff. And if, you know, you don't want to go back. Case Lowe had a recommendation that I'm going to, I haven't watched it yet. Let me see if I can find it. But um, it's a, is it a Dragon Gate or a Toriumon match? Of course it's Case Lowe. It's one of the two. It's, uh, let me see if I can find this fucking thing. I think I'm going to make it the match of the week on Monday. So let's see if I can pull that up. I thought it was it's, an Osaka uh, Pro, but yeah, I, 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 I I've here, I got it. Here. I got it right here. It's, Maybe I don't have it right here. All right, so I we're being told it? that the uh, the match has already been announced that it's going to be Katoga and Harada in a one minute exhibition. So one minute exhibition. Yeah. So, so just go. ignore everything that we just said for the last five minutes. That's what they're doing. Well, no, I, well, well we nailed it. Don't we ignore it. it. Yeah, we're, we're right. We're smart, and that's what that's what you should do. Yeah. We know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. Don't you dare ignore it. Um, okay, here it is. Case low. If you have never seen Daisuke Harada wrestle or want to reminisce about his career, I cannot recommend Harada Katoge and Takayokida, I'm not sure who that is, versus a young Mark Haskins, T-Hawk, and Anthony W. Mori from a Dragon <laughs> What a match. Whoa, it, what? It is from a Dragon Gate versus Osaka Pro Show, one of the most unassuming great matches ever. I would say, so yeah. I am going to make that the I'm letting everybody know that that's going to be the match of the week on Monday because Case has a YouTube link here. So, um there you go. I'm going to put that on the watch later list. We got that saved. We got that taken care of. The match of the week this week, by the way, I have to apologize to the subscribers. I completely whiffed. I think that's the first time. I may have whiffed one other time. But um, doing it about two years now, I just – I whiffed. My Mondays have been packed. The girls got gymnastics, and there's just a lot going on over here. And so I've been doing them on Tuesdays. And this Tuesday, I just completely forgot about it. And I didn't realize it until Wednesday. So there was no match of the week this week. That's on me. So I apologize for that, for people who are waiting for it. But um, that six-man tag, that recommendation from Case Low, is going to be the match of the week on Monday. There you so. go. Match of the week available. Flagship Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling. Voice of Wrestling.com slash Patreon. Just not this week, but most weeks is <laughs> available. A lot of other stuff up there as well. Canadian Heart Month. I'm finishing that up. Uh, watching some old classic great Bret Hart matches and talking about them. a lot of people watching these matches for the first time or I'm breaking down the stories of Bret Hart a little bit. So I've had a lot of good feedback about that, which is is, is awesome. Uh, and yeah, a lot of other good stuff coming up there right now. The instant reaction, as we said, will be up there. November to remember from last week uh, is there. So yeah, a lot of great content up there uh, for $5 or $10. Flagship Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. All right, uh, we're a little crunched for time here, so we got to get to this MLW thing because, uh, yeah. oh boy, they're at it again. I feel bad because I watched all of No Surrender. <laughs> I want to talk about some of it because I watched it, but uh, it is what it is. That's part of the job. But uh, MLW is at it again. So, okay. I'm going to give you all the details, Joe, and then I want you to try to tell me who's bullshitting who, what's real, what's fake, what the fuck's going on here, okay? Let yeah. Me do that. Lay it out for everybody. Reels, the network carrying MLW, we've talked about Reels over the last couple weeks, has reached a deal with Peacock. So now Peacock is, you're going to be able to stream Reels through Peacock. But MLW content will not be included in that deal. That is, of course, because of Peacock's exclusivity with 
WWE. So what's going to happen is, and this is from The Hollywood Reporter, quote, there is one quirk under the Reels deal. While it will include the channel's live linear feed, it will not stream Tuesdays in the 10 p.m. hour as Reels airs Major League Wrestling in that hour. Peacock has a streaming deal with the WWE, which has exclusivity in the category on Peacock. Okay, so that's that fact. We got it. Now, this may or may not be related, and that is up for you to uh, to, to interpret here, but we have also been told that Reels is only going to air MLW 10 times, and then that time slot will be available. So they told people in these press releases, we're airing MLW for the rest of this 10-week run, and then... Anybody can take this time slot again. This time slot is available if for for another television show. That was a. I think that was Hollywood Reporter who reported that. I don't yes. think Reels ever. Oh, yeah, I forget yeah. it. Okay. Well, regardless, my question to you, Joe, yeah. was MLW originally on a ten episode deal, or are they now on a ten episode deal because they want to get them off this network because of this Peacock deal? Okay, let's add this perspective. What Dave think? Meltzer says, according to Reels, they're undecided on what they're going to do. So he's been digging around and talking to people at the network. This is my take on it. I think that MLW had a deal with Reels that was a real television deal. I think that Reels cut the deal with Peacock and then at that point decided the MLW thing is more trouble than it's worth because the Peacock deal is a big deal for us. This MLW thing is... You know, uh, you know, it, it, Peacock is more important to them than MLW is what I'm getting at. So I think the Hollywood Reporter got information from a source inside Reels that they were going to cancel this thing after the 10th episode, put that in the article, and then all hell broke loose. I don't think MLW was aware that they were going to be gone after 10 episodes until this Hollywood reporter thing came out. And I think Hollywood reporter got that from someone inside of reels. That's me putting the clues together. And that's what my gut is telling me. And now when Meltzer is going to reels to get to, to ask them what the hell is going on reels is telling him we're not decided yet because they know that the Hollywood reporter created a mess and they need to go back and, you know, Figure something out with MLW now. Can, can but, I get Galaxy Brain and 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 Carney with you here? Yeah, of course. It's All MLW. Right. Of course <laughs> it's you MLW, can. So I, you gotta you gotta put the big cap on. You know, you gotta get the Galaxy Brain hat on. Um, okay, here's my scenario. This is again. This is me. I know nothing. I know nothing. I know nothing. I'm just saying. Is it possible that MLW? In their discussions with Reels, had an idea that they were getting this deal done with Peacock. Or that this Peacock deal was a potential to be done. And didn't exactly say that, well, yeah, Peacock's got wrestling and they're not really going to want our wrestling uh, when, when you're with Peacock. But okay, whatever. And then maybe did a time buy here to get their show on their network. And now that Reels is with Peacock and now can no longer show MLW because of their exclusivity with WWE. Um, MLW is in an ongoing lawsuit with World Wrestling Entertainment about not being able to do TV deals because of WWE, right? Well, their lawsuit got thrown out, but yeah, yeah, yeah. they, right. Yeah. They I were allowed to amend it. Yes, they can. <laughs> Which fits right into this period where MLW can say <laughs> we were on reels and they got, they struck a, a once in a lifetime deal to air their content on Peacock. 
but WWE once again prevented us from being. It's like a plate of victim again. Yes, right. And like, think yeah. about this. And court says, the you judge, know, we'll, we'll eat shit. We'll pay eight thousand an episode yeah. or whatever the hell. Yeah, do yeah. a time by for X amount of weeks, knowing they're going to sign this Peacock deal. They sign the Peacock deal, then they could say, "Oh shit, whoa, you can't have two wrestling shows on there." And MLW can laugh to the the fucking courtroom saying, "Ha, we got another thing on our lawsuit." Boom. Yeah, I like your scenario better because it's uh, the judge basically said, "Hey, look, the way this is written, you don't like you can you have a case if you write it in a different way. If you present it in a right, different I'm gonna way, I'm going to let you take this back and try to give me something more here because there's something here, but right. not the way that you're presenting it. And this would be a little <laughs> extra it, piece right? of evidence. This is it. So, but 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 really, they don't have any leg to stand on here because their beef here would be with reels. Right, right, right. Because. WWE has in their Peacock contract that there's no other wrestling. So if Peacock makes a deal with another entity, that's not WWE's problem. Their contract says no wrestling. Right. And by the way, none of these companies like Peacock probably know. I mean, Peacock knows they have WWE, but like reels when they were making these negotiations had no fucking clue they had MLW, right? They don't care. They're looking at live PD or whatever the hell that show is. It's not live PD. They have they have one of those shows. Peacock wants the live PD knockoff. Right, exactly. Yeah, I forget what it is. I don't care. But like Reels at no point said, oh, wait, hold on a minute. But just so you know, we air major league wrestling. So is that going to be a problem? They were probably like, yeah, whatever. Just give us a shit ton of money and we'll play. You know, then you could play the live PD ripoff show that we have. So well, what makes it even more weird is that they kind of just shut fusion down after telling people that it was going to air on pro wrestling TV <laughs> or pro wrestling dot TV, whatever that thing whatever is called. Is. Yeah, yeah. And then they canceled it and then never the first week they canceled the airing and then they never aired it again. They haven't aired it since that underground has been, since underground underground has been airing on reels. So it's like, that's weird. It's also weird that <laughs> weird things with them. I'll tell you, no, <laughs> Surely you just. I went for clarification and asked their PR guy, Sean Graben. I was like, what's going on? Does Fusion exist? Is it going to keep airing there? What's going on with BN? Uh, What's the deal with, you know? And he never got back to me, which is very strange because he is very diligent and always gets back to All us. Right, one, of the best been, the, one of the best in the biz. So. We've been working with him for years because he was the Axis TV PR guy many years ago. And, you know, with we worked with him with Impact and New Japan and everything else. And he always would get back to us within a couple of hours, let alone a day. He never got back to me. And it's almost like if you want to add to the conspiracy, maybe he didn't want to really talk about what the hell was going on you know, with fusion and uh, look, if you want to put on a tinfoil hat here, you can, because there's a lot of weirdness surrounding this show. Um, yeah, you know, that's why I started thinking about my like galaxy brain thing of like, was this all just a ploy to say, Hey, we got a way that we can get another, another thing in this lawsuit. It's going to cost us, you know, whatever amount of money to give a time <laughs> by to reels or whatever and air this dumb show that we're only going to have for a little bit. And then, yeah, we then we have another thing to bring to this lawsuit, and maybe then we can we can win the big bucks here. We can win the real big bucks where we say, "Ah, oh, we got WWE by the balls here." They're gonna have to settle with us, and then we're gonna make even more money. I, I don't know, I don't know, but it's it's like you said, this whole show doesn't feel like it had any reason to exist, and it felt very weird from day one that they got on this network, that they weren't doing the stuff with Fusion anymore, that they just talked about signing that deal with Pro Wrestling TV, and then yeah, I don't know, it's all just strange it's all weird but it is the world of mlw uh and it never stops so i i don't know it it's 
they're either at it again, they're either lying to us, somebody's lying to somebody, or, or, or somebody's playing checkers or chess. I don't know what the hell's going on anymore, but it is it is weird well, as fuck is the only way I can put it. Reels is going to rue the day when Hammerstone and Jacob Fatu pops a big number in a couple of weeks uh, with the big rematch set. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they're going to rue the day when that does 80,000 viewers on, uh, on on Tuesday night in a couple of weeks there. But um, the last couple shows have been atrocious, by the way. I don't know if you've been watching. Uh, I have not. Though. No, Joe, I have, I have not. So, so well, all the microman you can handle. Oh, and <laughs> oh I, I can handle very little microman. So I, I think ha- I'm good. Yeah. How about a little John Johnny Fusion, John oh. Hennigan? How about a little? Oh. How about a little of that? Oh. Your new national open weight champion, oh. Johnny Hennigan. Microman and John Hennigan. No, I'm good. No, I thank you though, but I, I'm, I'm good. Why does that guy get booked everywhere? I, Joe, I would love Hennigan. to. I would love to know. I ask it every WrestleMania weekend when when seven different match bookings for Johnny whatever is, and I'm like, who who among us? Who is listening right now? That's like, ah, you know, a little fist bump. Yeah, <laughs> get to yeah. watch John, you know John Hennigan. Hell yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Johnny Bloodsport. Yeah. Let's go. All right. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, like who? There's nobody. There's no. I I will not believe. Just like how you can't believe that any functioning adult could watch NXT and enjoy it. Yeah. I cannot believe that there's anybody sitting on their couch, you know, scrolling their phone and see like breaking John Hennigan, you know, booked for X show and go, yeah, <laughs> like, hell yeah. <laughs> gotta, gotta make sure I'm there for that show. Like you can't now I'm buying a ticket. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny game changer. I'm in. Yeah, right. You, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Even, even Tony Khan brought him in. Remember? Yeah. Everybody does. Johnny dynamite. Everybody kicks the tires on Johnny. And, um, I don't get it. I don't either. Johnny Fusion. He holds no appeal to me whatsoever. <laughs> None. That do the dishes match last oh, year. The worst match of the year to me. An abomination. I can't believe I forgot about it come award season. The that was so bad. Uh, it just was endless. <laughs> One no joke that lasted 25 minutes. <laughs> it's so funny. It wasn't bad. funny at any point. All it did was uh, water on uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like. Ha ha! Like the, the the beginning of the match was like you know she was like do the dishes and he's like no and then she like threw a pot at him and everyone's like ha, ha, ha. they brought their dishes from home allegedly yeah and then it kept going and then you're like all right so the story is that John doesn't do the dishes and she's mad so the loser has to do the yeah, dishes uh-huh. like forever and then you know? She, you know she was like Johnny these plates filthy and then like hit him in the head with it. And people were like, <laughs> I know when I fight over doing the dishes with my wife, the first thing I do is super kicker in the face. That's the first <laughs> thing I do. Kept going. And yeah. then it bordered on like, is this uncomfortable? <laughs> like I'm starting to like, yeah. now is this domestic? Like it's all yeah, they're doing, they're doing death match spots. <laughs> right, it's yeah. like, like, what is going on? And then it never ended. It just kept going. You no, know, at that point I'll just do the fucking dishes. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to not do the dishes that bad. I forget who was doing commentary for that, but when it was over, they were like, ha, 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 you know, Johnny's going to be doing the dishes next week or whatever. I was just like, God. Yeah, well, I just watched him beat the shit out of his wife. <laughs> they might not be together I mean, anymore. Yeah. Like, they have bigger issues I mean, they got to go to therapy for is, you know. So how do you guys settle disputes? Well, I, I kick her in the face and hit her with a plate. Oh, okay. I mean, there are, this is over the dishes. What happens when they d- debate important things like money? Yeah, taxis like, has taxis, got to be a disaster over there. How does that go in the Hennigan house? Uh, uh, the geez. worst match of the year by far. Well, th- there was a lot of contenders, though. There was also, you know, the, the, the infamous WrestleMania weekend awful match. So maybe that one, but yeah. Johnny aggravated assault is this uh <laughs> 
<laughs> Yikes. All right. So MLW is at it again. We'll find out. The world never stops. Yada, yada, yada. All right. So we're out of time. What, what do we want to do here? I, I, I don't think we do not have enough to do an overrun of the Observer Awards and No Surrender. Unless you think we do. I, what do you think? Why don't we just blow through No Surrender now and blow off the Observer Awards? Ooh, sounds great to me. Let's do it. We got a little bit of time. We'll, tell, we'll, we'll, we'll buy some extra TV time from Red Circle and YouTube. Okay. They said we can do it. All right. Um, It'll take five minutes. We're yeah, not exactly. even that much over, right? We're not. Uh, no, no. We're just barely over. Yeah. The, the yeah. Observer Awards. I don't know. We, maybe we'll do something behind the paywall. Well, you, you don't, you don't, don't have any care. passion. I don't care. I, yeah. No, but see, I think it's an interesting story from the standpoint of everybody melting down over the Observer Awards. Oh, I don't. Yeah. Can't get bothered so, about that anymore. Um, we'll uh, we'll we'll leave Rich out of it, maybe, and maybe <laughs> I'll too short to get annoyed at these fucking idiots. So. I have so many takes, though. I have so many takes. Um, maybe you could do a real content this week. You also did the flagship award, so that might be good to you know compare. And compare I started after. writing something up, but the title of the article, which it, or, which is just a <laughs> sneaky tweet. <laughs> <laughs> was uh, Rich doesn't I don't have the password so what I do is when I write my articles behind the paywall I know it's going to auto tweet the title so then I make sure that the titles are snarky tweets see that's how I get around not having the password but the title of the article I was writing was all of the world's dumbest people are angry again over the obs- <laughs> I like it, it. No, I like it do it and I'm like Rich is not oh so you like it I, I was it. like I love it they are the dumbest people on earth because they, they're enraged by this like enraged by this so yes no so whatever the title was I wrote which was just a put down of everybody complaining <laughs> about them in the most snarky way possible the problem was I then I had writer's block for the actual content of the article you know what all I mean you, like all your best work was in the title so all my best work was in the title I really just wanted to write a title so that I could sneak a tweet past you <laughs> on on the account well, so, then the, the, the actual write-up could just be like, you guys are all dumb, stop. You know, and then that would have been it. And then you would have gotten your, your, your wish. But maybe, yeah. maybe the paying customer wouldn't have enjoyed that as much. So Right. So then I just aborted mission and, and hit delete. But I, I think it worked better on audio. Because when I look at the Observer Awards, I don't even think any of them are like, I, I don't have a problem well, with any I was like scrolling earlier. I'm like, like, all right, which ones do I have? No, 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 no. <laughs> I was like going through it. I'm like, it's just going to be us reacting to dumb people. Yeah, being wrong about stuff. So it's like I, I don't know. It's not. It's perfect hour three content. To it be is, honest. But, but we got we got other hours. But three the thing is, like, I, I wouldn't have picked all of these winners. But I don't think any of the winners are are totally out of line either. Like, there's I, there's no winner here where I'm like, what the fuck were these people thinking? Even if they weren't necessarily what I would have picked. Anyway, this is turning into a segment. So exactly. So let's, let's just do the no surrender. Let's talk about no Sur- impact wrestling's no surrender. Also available on fights. The replay available voices wrestling.com slash fight. I feel like Johnny impact is on all these shows, even when he's not. Yeah, he's not on this one, but Taya Valkyrie is. And that's enough to kind of drag a, a thing down. So uh, husky we'll, get, life. we'll get to we'll get to Taya Valkyrie in a bit. But uh, impact world title match. Josh Alexander and Rich Slam was the main event. Uh, very good. These are two great professional wrestlers having a great professional wrestling match. Uh, this would be the one and only match that I would recommend checking out from No Surrender, unfortunately. Uh, good. Really, really good. Um, it's Josh Alexander and it's Rich Swan. Alexander is one of the most unsung guys uh, in the world right now. I, I think he's just doing great, great work and not a lot of people are watching it. Uh, and Rich Swan is always solid, especially in these Impact Man events. He really delivers. So uh, I would say go out of your way to watch this one. I went four and a quarter. Uh, a definite notebook for me and and a match. Definitely. If you, if you get a chance to watch it, Try to. It, it, it's really, really good. I went four and a quarter plus. Mm, there it is. On, uh, I couldn't commit to the four and a half, but yeah, it was a uh, 
very good match. And I like the story of Rich Swan trying to climb back to the top after two years uh, when he lost the title to Kenny Omega. That's been two years. Yeah, I know. I, I couldn't believe when they were like, two years ago at this time, Kenny Omega won the... And I was like, man. <laughs> it both feels like it was 15 years ago and also feels like it was like eight months ago. You know, it, it's one of those weird... Yeah. That's how COVID is in general. It's just like, no, that happened like two decades ago and also happened like a week ago. It, you know, it's very strange, but... Yeah, um, the, um, who's going to go here? It's a standoff. Impact Knockouts World Title Match. Mickey James, Hardcore Country versus Masha Slamovich. Uh, eh, I, I liked it. It was good, but not not. not you know, I, you know what Masha Slamovich is. Not that she's good. A, no, I was going to praise her. Oh, okay, go ahead. So we can. You want to argue about Masha Slamovich? Uh, not really. I, I I think she's fine. I think people think that she people. I think she's good, but the problem is the praise is way over the top for her. You know what I mean? I think she's what people say Roxanne Perez is. Oh, Roxanne, she's not actually good. Yeah. Roxanne Perez does not impress me bell to bell, I think. But Roxanne Perez very clearly has the attributes that that company likes in terms of what they like in their stars, if that makes any sense. Of course. Yeah. yeah. But Masha Slamovich is a much better wrestler to me than Roxanne Perez is. Um, I, I do agree that she's not as good as maybe her reputation uh, w- would tell you, but I did enjoy this match. I thought the, the the final three on this show were very good, and I thought the rest of this show, with the exception of Jonathan Gresham and Mike Bailey on the pre-show, did you watch the pre-show, Rich? Um, I did because the the pre you had to watch the pre-show because the pre-show had some pretty good stuff on it, so I did watch the pre-show. Yeah, I thought Gresham and Bailey was uh was was very good and then I thought the rest of the show was mostly a bunch of junk until the final three which was the uh, the third match was uh bullet club versus time machine ace Austin Chris Bay and Kenta yeah yeah all that, versus, that you know that was pretty good I like that that's match. pretty good yeah I thought those last three matches were pretty good and the and the and obviously the main event was pretty great and Gresham and Bailey was a pretty good um pre-show match and then i thought everything else in the show i could have lived with never watching i i there's one match on this show where i was so annoyed by it that i skipped the finish and moved on to the next match oh i think I, I, I think i can guess can i guess i hate to admit that because people are paying me to review this stuff but i could not fucking take it and i just had to and i and i don't do that i watch these matches no matter how bad they are i could not stick this one out Go ahead and take a crack. It had to be the, the Joe Hendry Moose.com. Yes. Yeah. You know me too well. I fucking hated that. <laughs> Remote control cars and keyboard keys and Sega Dreamcasts. Teehee, this is all so cute and funny. Fuck off. I hated this. Hated it. I didn't even want to see the finish. I didn't know who won the fucking match until I read your fucking. <laughs> I just skipped it. I'm like, I cannot do this. This is, I hate this. I'd rather be watching Tokyo Joshi Pro right now with the little tooth fairies jumping around on each other <laughs> wow. than watching you this must have shit. You really hated this match then. I fucking hated it. I no longer believe in Joe Hendry. Oh. Rich, do you believe in Joe Hendry? I do believe in Joe Hendry, but this match made it tough to believe in Joe Hendry. Did you see the guy on Twitter who asked Dave Meltzer, do you believe in Joe Hendry? And Dave, of course, quote tweeted and said, yes. Do you think he understood the bit or no. do you think he just 
You don't I also think you did, me, you did this joke last week or a couple weeks ago as well. It's not a joke. I just forgot that I told you. It's not <laughs> a joke. So. <laughs> I said this already? You did. I, I think so, or else I'm having deja vu. It's been a long day. Because we're talking about Joe Hendry now. So yeah. it's like, um, I don't believe in him anymore. I fucking hated oh, this. Oh, man. Not like the rest of this was, you know, the Tokyo Dome either. But, <laughs> no, yeah, Death I, Dolls and the Hex. And oh, how bad is the Hex? Hell. I can't take that. That is hex. a match made from hell. When I saw that that was announced, when Andrew Sinclair sent in his preview for this show, and I saw that match on one of the headers, I went, oh, my God, this is a match made in hell. Uh, and then Garrett Kidney, who was, you know, always ready to go, said, uh, well, you know, Father James Mitchell did make the match, so it is a match from hell. And I said, oh, it is. Yeah. And uh, guess what? It was. Holy Shit. I cannot stand the hex, but let me tell you something. The death dolls make the hex look oh, like they the glamour. Jumping bomb angels. <laughs> they, yeah, they, I was going to go with glamour girls, but you <laughs> stepped on my joke. But yeah, that's. Oh, yeah, the hex may as well be insert any great women's tag team in history compared to the death dolls. Yeah. Oh my God. Death Jessica dolls. Havoc is. <laughs> Jessica Havoc is the shits. And Ty of Valkyrie, she stinks. The, Ty is the worker of the team. <laughs> Why do we always have to watch Taya Valkyrie I don't know. wrestle somewhere? I've I'm seen so Taya Valkyrie sick of watching Taya Valkyrie. Live and on, on demand so many times in my life, and I've, I'm just done with it. I might just start skipping it. I can't fucking take Taya Valkyrie. I can't. The Death Dolls. With his oh, my God. That Bully Ray Tommy Dreamer <laughs> segment. Oh yeah, for people that don't know, uh, at one point they do this like promo package and it's like, you know, Tommy Drew being like, Bully, you're just always, you know, why are you the way you are? And then, you know, like, you know, Bully's like, why are you such a pussy, Tommy? And it's just like, all right. And then like, I didn't know what the, I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden they announced Dave LaGreca's coming. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And they had a live what they called episode of busted open in the middle of the who cares what <laughs> yeah. i skip joe i skip that one i have no idea what these, these promotions they just think that if you they incorporate but bully ray has some fucking hustle going here yeah, because yeah one of the all, one of the all-time great workers you know, they're like NWA and Impact. They think that, you know, with all that busted open exposure, it's going <laughs> to. How many people listen to? I mean, honestly, honestly. I give them all the over guys, over under people. over under 10,000 under. You'd say under under. They, do they have it in podcast form, too? Like, do they put the oh, radio sure. show on? Yeah, a podcast? That, would, that would make sense. Because that would put it over. Yeah, but. Like listening to the radio show on a daily basis, it's probably under ten thousand. Right. right, listening on Sirius XM or whatever. Yeah, definitely under. When it's airing live, but, but like, like they know. think that like you put the, and then you're going to get the the rub of being on Busted Open and and yeah, it's it's good to have that, but it's not as good as people think it is. Like, I so, always said, if 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 a serious channel put us on head to head with Busted Open, we'd be beating them in six months. Yeah. We'd beat them in six months. There's no way people would choose Busted Open over. It, it, it would take a while because we're nobody. You know what I mean? But then we would, once people say, we would be beating them in six months. Um, yeah, and then they, they, they do this segment. They, they got LaGreca out there moderating. You know how you said you couldn't finish the the the, the Hendry Moose match? I, I, yeah. I gave these guys five minutes, and I was like, nope. <laughs> nope, I'm done. I don't know what's going to happen. But Bully Ray was segment. doing his whole oh, okay. solemn routine. He's like, Tommy, we've been friends for years. And, <laughs> you, you know, 
if something tragic were to happen to you, I'd probably carry your coffin, but I'd blow out my back, you know, because Dreamer's fat. Cause he's, he's fat, yeah. But like Bully Ray is fucking Jack LaLanne. I mean, <laughs> Jack LaLanne. <laughs> I mean, really? You know, that's like that's like that. Okay, this is gonna go over your head, but this is for the listeners. That's like that scene from The Sopranos where Bobby Bacala pulls up with the envelope. And he's struggling to get out of the car. And Tony Soprano's like, did you ever consider a fucking salad? Right? And then uh, and then Tony leaves. And Bacala's like, do you ever look in the mirror, you fat fuck? Like, that's what this was. Like, how can Bully Ray call someone else fat? Like, he's never been the model of fucking fitness himself. Okay? So that was ridiculous. So then he's doing this whole solemn They're talking about Tommy Dreamer's dead mother. Like, I'm like, what is happening here? What are we doing? Why do I have to watch this? And then Dreamer doesn't trust him. He's like, you know, you know, Bully's like, I'll stay away. I'll I'll keep my distance. I know you don't trust me. So then he finally earns his trust and they go to hug it out and Bully Ray kicks him in the dick and beats him up. Like everybody knew was coming. So Rich, get ready on the next Impact Pay-Per-View Spectacular (sighs) to review Bully Ray versus Tommy Dreamer in the year 2023. We're still doing this. (laughs) We're still doing this. Why is it that those two guys have endured from ECW? Why can't like Sabu still be out here doing cool shit? I have to watch Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer. They're the two guys whose bodies have held up. Those two. If you would have told me that in 1996, I would have went, ah, fuck. I can't believe it. In 2023, these are the two guys on this show. I'm still going to be watching. The show sounds like hell. I understand this no surrender. <laughs> it really kind of was. It was it was a chore, and that's why we made sure <clears throat> we, we were going to go over, but we had to talk about the show because we had to watch it. Um, so, yeah, believe it or not, the the, the Gis- Giselle Shaw, Deanna Perazzo, and the Jonathan Gresham Mike Bailey match were both on the pre-show, and were both like among the best matches on the entire night. Ah, uh, yeah, I could I believe guess. Khan. I didn't know Khan was back. You didn't tell me Connor was back. Oh. Yes, he is. Khan is back. Khan, yeah. Because they said Khan. I'm like, who the hell is Khan? And then he came out. I was like, oh, my God. It's Condor. (laughs) Well, listen, you know. Great. (laughs) Cool. You guessed it. Frankie Kazarian bet on himself. And now he's curtain jerking impact. (laughs) Against Khan. Uh, The former uh, Connor uh, O'Brien. You know who else I could do without? Brian Myers. Yeah. Yeah. Post Cardona. It's very sad. It's hard. It's a hard watch. I can do without him. Oh, I'm also done with the PCO thing, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, can we, all yeah be done with like, can we all be done? Like, we're good, right? I, I think Walter slapped the 15 minutes out of him at WrestleMania <laughs> weekend in Dallas or whatever it was. That was like, in 2018. We're still doing it. I, I, I know. We're still doing it. He had an ROH world title run world since title then. Run. <laughs> God help us, yeah. but uh, hey, that's wrestling. So hey, the last three were good. The last yeah, three, the last three, last three, were, three were fantastic. Josh and I should know. Very good. Both agreed. Uh, it was very good. Watch it. And before you wrap the show up, Rich, I strongly recommend to everyone on last week's Impact Motor City Machine Guns versus Jonathan Gresham and Mike Bailey. Okay, sounds like a healthy uh, match. Would have been good for paper. That's great. It opens up the show. So if you have it on your DVR, just slap play. You're in and out in 15 minutes. You can delete the rest of the show. Because it was the go-home for the pay-per-view. So it's just, you know, there's no reason to watch the the rest of the show. But that match was great. It was better than anything on the pay-per-view. I thought it was better than the uh, 
Ah, you know what? It was close. The Alexander Swan match, very close in quality. So, um, you know, one more impact wreck since we since we buried most of the show. I'll recommend that uh, tag match from the television show. There you go. So that is Impact Wrestling No Surrender. If you want to order that replay, you can do so at voicesofwrestling.com uh, slash fight, which I know many of you are going to do after that uh, thrilling uh, uh, review. But uh, there you go. That is it for the flagship. Again, this weekend, Sunday night, immediately following AW Revolution, make sure you are subscribed to the $10 tier at patreon.com slash voicesofwrestling, voicesofwrestling.com slash Patreon flagship patreon.com that is our paywall that is our patreon that is where we will do instant reaction live it streams immediately following the show uh, on youtube and then we will have an audio file up later that uh the the next day as well but uh if you want to be there live again always a fun day the chat room is always going crazy people are always every aw pay-per-view has something that people want to talk and react about so these are always 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 fun shows they they are among our most listened to shows they're our most interacted with shows they're a blast so make sure you're there uh sunday night for aw revolution 2023 instant reaction live so that is it for us that is joe i am rich we'll talk to you next time on the flagship podcast take care Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, kids, do you like wrestling? Well, we like wrestling, too. We are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Myself and Chris Novembrino kind of doing a lazy river of wrestling criticism, going through the news and whatever happened in stateside television wrestling. And also, you know what? Sometimes we just like to watch old stuff and talk about that, too. Love for you to give us a listen. If you haven't already, we are Shake Them Ropes here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network.